0: It's Friday, April twenty second, twenty twenty two, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast.
1: Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules <laughs> today, Junior America. Steak for breakfast. So stand by.
2: She's back in the atmosphere With drops of Jupiter in her head She acts like summer and walks like rain Reminds me that there's a time to change
0: Since the return of a stay on the moon like spring and she talks like you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you as always by Man Rubs. Mm-hmm. Rubs barbecue tools, blow torches, t-shirts, coffee cups, and all around barbecue-related gear for you to make barbecue great again it can be found at ManRubs.com and on Instagram, ManRubs. Use the code Steak15 for 15% off your order. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. There at StayReadyGear.com and on Instagram, StayReadyGearUSA. Holsters, custom Kydex, mag carriers, tourniquet carriers. On and off duty gear, hot melted plastic, made just for you. Use the code STEAK for 5% off. Don't get ready. Stay ready. The pillow king of Minnesota,
3: Mike Lindell and the apparatus known as the MyPillow family are pumping out the best night's sleep you've ever owned. Big, big savings when you enter promo code STEAK at checkout. At MyPillow.com forward slash STEAK is the website. Hit them up or you can talk to a qualified pillow representative at one 800 658 80 Forty-five, The top tier of ear gear, and all things related, the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording equipment specializing in headphones can be found at Odyssey. Whether you're uh, gaming, potting, drops of Jupiter, oh, get those ears taken care of. Odyssey.com is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Mike, down at West Coast Survival Arms, has been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He's a licensed FFL if you're into the Tradesies. He's got a five-star rating. Newly redesigned, easy-to-use website, westcoastsurvivalarms.com. Get them a Facebook Messenger or via the telephone, 619-870-6992. Steak for breakfast backs the blue. We love our first responders, and they're always working hard. While they're off duty, they're probably wearing gear from Mediocre Medic. Sweatshirts, T-shirts, flip-flops, fanny packs, and more. Stickers and patches for while they're on the job. Plus, they got a pretty fire IG. Find right him at MediocreMedic.com. And last but certainly not least, the gold standard of tactical flair for all those extra queens at the range. Home of the Zero Fuck duck. We found a dump box. Don't know? Go ask Mark Joe Friday. Check out the website at dumpbox.us. You can find him on Instagram. You can find him on Facebook. Friends, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast or on our website, SteakforBreakfastPodcast.com. There you'll find a link tree that'll take you to all our social medias, our newest substack, telegram, and more. On that note, to all our friends joining us today on the Patreon Podcast Network via the Roku app, from the Twitterverse, Instagram, Discord, and now, Choose Social. Welcome! Friday edition, Stay for Breakfast Podcast, episode 128. I'm Roan. Noah's here. Yup. Antoinette's so still on sick leave. But we're going to be joined by a very special guest, one of our fan favorites, and our favorites just in general. Making another appearance on the show, we are so thankful to welcome back the one and only Miss Nor bin Laden. Thanks for joining us today on Steak for Breakfast.
4: Thanks so much for having me. It's always such a pleasure.
3: All the pleasure is all ours. How are you? What's going on? What's new? And how are things going?
4: Listen, I'm doing well, thanks. I'm uh, in the middle of the woods. Have been off grid for the past uh, week or so, uh, which is always nice getting, you know, offline. But as I said, a real pleasure being back on with you guys.
3: Yeah, thanks for reconnecting just to join us today. We feel uh, I want to be off grid. Extremely blessed. Yeah, so do I. If we could take this thing we got going on here and move it to the middle of nowhere, we probably wouldn't sound as good. Mm. But at the same time, it would be lovely.
4: Well, I hope my connection is good enough.
0: You sound great. You sound better than some of the people we have in the city. True story.
3: <laughs> well, Nor, I wanted to catch our listenership up on some of the stuff you've been doing before you went off grid. Um, I saw recently there was an, a newer piece from you, a uh, collaboration effort with Revolver News and Darren Beatty. You want to talk to uh, our listenership a little bit about that and give them some information on uh, just exactly what you've been working on, some pretty big stuff to say the least.
4: Uh, Sure. I've been uh, doing a couple of rounds uh, before going off-grid to talk about uh, this paper, which I wrote. Uh, It's a little bit convoluted, but I'll try to break it down as best as I can. Sure. Basically, what happened is that I was approached uh, by this uh, contact of mine, who is the representative of a UN-accredited NGO called PACE, the Planetary Association for Clean Energy, although the name is a bit misleading because they treat many different subjects. Um, and the process is as, is as follows. Basically, these types of UN-accredited NGOs have the possibility for each Human Rights Council sessions, which take place three times a year in Geneva, to submit written statements. And um, they ask uh, different people, different experts on different topics to um, submit um, any issue they'd like to address uh, that relate to the subject of human rights. And um, I was asked at the very, very last minute, because one of their writers pulled out, uh, if I wanted to write a statement uh, that they could then submit basically to the UN Human Rights Council, and I immediately thought of uh, January 6th and the treatment of the political prisoners and uh, the other defendants, what they're being subjected to by the rogue U.S. government. Mm-hmm. And um, to to make a long story short, basically through this very specific mechanism, the U.N. now has in its records these abuses that are published because through this process, they kind of have to to publish these statements that are submitted by these accredited NGOs. And, uh, and it's in there. And so I brought, I really wanted to bring to the attention of the High Commissioner, Human Rights High Commissioner, and the special rapporteurs on human rights, such as, you know, for example, the special rapporteur on torture, special rapporteur on the treatment of uh, prisoners, etc. You have different uh, special rapporteurs that deal with um, the, the the human rights abuses. And um, and it's up to them now to to address what is being done to these prisoners.
0: That is just pretty remarkable to say the least. Um, I think it's just amazing that it's still going on. Yeah. I, I mean, it's you have to just see it and be like, this is what shithole countries do.
3: We've become such a society of drive-by headlines. Yeah. And uh, we talked about it with uh, Brent Hamachek from Human Events last week. We feel that, you know, one of the things that the radical progressive left uses to their advantage is the constant spin of the news cycle doesn't allow you to stay as in tune with some things, you know, that they don't want you to stay in tune with. Now, January 6th will eventually come back because we're nearing the midterm elections here in the United States. Mm. Mm -hmm. But uh, at the same time, there's a lot of other stuff going on now that they want to you know, direct your attention to in, in regards to keep that out of, you know, the purview of your mind and, and make you forget about those people that are rotting in jail for misdemeanor trespassing charges and being tortured. We've seen, we've talked about it on the show. I mean, nor we've had so many people on Alex Bruce, and Daniel Bostic. Both people have been subpoenaed by the committee. They were both a- accused of uh, organizing January 6th, even though neither one of them knew each other and, and they were both 23 years old, a piece at the time. Um, and then you know everyone from the Trump administration, from like Peter Navarro, Cash Patel, you know they've all been through the ringer there, um, and it's it's just absolutely ridiculous what's going
0: on with, with this whole narrative. And that that part that part just reminds me of that uh, that part of the Usual Suspects, mm-hmm. where it's like we put you in Queens in the night of the robbery, and the guy's like, "Really? I live in Queens. What do you got a team of monkeys working around the clock on this?"
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely one of those deals, and you know we we've seen. One of the defendants, unfortunately, committed suicide about a month ago. Um, In addition to that, we saw a very interesting disposition a little over a week ago where one of the Capitol Police officers under oath, I'm sure everybody knows by now, admitted that he was told it didn't be revealed to the public who he was told by, but to open the doors and wave people in, Uh, and that, that led to the acquittal of one of the defendants and you know, all the other stuff that's in between, it's just absolutely ridiculous. So, so this piece comes out, it kind of goes viral at the right levels. I'm talking about the pe- right people at the UN getting eyes on it and adding it to the official record. Where does it go from here? In your opinion, if you don't know what like a literal disposition would be on it, are, are they going to write like a dissension? Um, you know, like let's just say when the Supreme court doesn't necessarily rule on things, but they, you know, write about it and how they feel based on the perspective of each justice. And then it's going to get, you know, issued to the United States or, what kind of weight might it carry do you have any idea
4: yeah so basically a few moments ago i just uh, explained the mechanism but to answer your question listen we know that the un is a completely compromised entity we know that it's a complete globalist power structure that Mm -hmm. is there to um, further the agendas of the people that are at the top of the pyramid. It's just an instrument, like many of these other organizations, like the WEF, et cetera. And uh, these policies, you know, are shaped by people like George Soros, Lord Malik Brown, et cetera. And they obviously weaponize human rights and the Human Rights Council uh, to push their agenda. And clearly the document that uh, Pace submitted, which I wrote, does not fit at all with their narrative and does not fit with their agenda. So it's very much a, first of all, a long shot that they would even um, acknowledge that this document now sits within their records because as I just mentioned, you know, these documents, once they are published, they become, they become uh, legal work documents published within uh, the, the the framework of the UN so it's a long shot that it would even be addressed. Maybe there's a special rapporteur out there that you know has the cojones to yeah. uh, address it. Who knows? Uh, I'll give I'll give the benefit of the doubt to to someone who wants to do the right thing. Um, but in essence, these um, these how would you say uh, this exercise only. Uh, goes so far if there is a pressure campaign, you know, if there is a political pressure campaign, a media pressure campaign. And I think due to the irony of, you know, having me submit such a document, there has been buzz, you know, Newsweek did another, I don't know, it's probably the fourth hit piece Newsweek writes on me Mm -hmm. um, around this doc. And then even the New York Post um, picked it up and um who knows you know but it it definitely ruffled a, a couple of people's feathers uh which is the goal you know we don't want to basically i was in a position where this opportunity arose and uh i immediately thought i have to do this because whatever we can to not let these political prisoners um be forgotten we have to do it and um that was really the, the goal for me behind this exercise, and uh, and you know you mentioned uh, Matthew Perna mm-hmm. uh, who committed suicide a month ago. Very and, sad. Um, yeah, very very sad. And all the people that you know they are they're, they're just being subjected to such inhumane treatment, even beatings mm-hmm. and um, the 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 physical abuse, but also the psychological abuse. You know, trying like proper political prisoners that are, they're trying to brainwash them into um, admitting some form of guilt in order to obtain leniency in their rulings. I mean, this is like a proper third world country. It's like a banana republic, which I highlighted in the document. And that's the one, one more thing I'll say is that the purpose as I said, we know it's a completely compromised entity, but we're, the exercise is also poking them in their eye to highlight their hypocrisy, because they're you know, castigating these different you know, third world countries around the world for how they treat their uh, dissidents. Uh, and uh, the US with their rogue illegitimate government are doing exactly the same thing to upstanding American citizens. And I highlighted this very point they opened the doors. They opened the doors. It can't be trespassing if the U.S. Capitol Police is allowing them to enter the building. Yeah. And on top of that, not only that, but they had put this perimeter around the building. The barriers were lifted around. People didn't even know that they were trespassing. There are so many inconsistencies, and sorry, then I'll let you guys jump in. And that's exactly what I wanted to do with the document. I had 1,500 words, not one more. And in the document, I wanted to highlight all these points, why extra security was denied by Nancy Pelosi, uh, the lies surrounding Officer Sicknick, the fact that it was an entrapment operation, Mm -hmm. not an insurrection Mm -hmm. with the FBI, assets on the ground. I put down everything in, and especially the treatment of um, the political prisoners and the fact that their basic human rights are being abused. And um, this, this is exactly what I set out to do. I wanted to highlight their treatment, but also the fact that the narrative that has been repeated ad nauseam and used as a weapon against the American population at large um, is a complete uh, fabrication.
3: Yeah, to say the least. And uh, it, it's really just weird times we're living in. You could never think something like this would happen. And then you're already seeing, not only have all these people, like you mentioned, the political prisoners have gone through so much and we're already starting to see that slow drip reverse projection. Um, first with, from the beginning, the absolute denial that anybody in the House including and up to Nancy Pelosi knew anything like this could ever happen. Everybody did. Mm -hmm. You, you then also saw all of the optics, which didn't match the narrative, people being waved in people going in and staying within the velvet ropes, people leaving and picking up trash, putting it in trash receptacles on the way out. And then you have, there's no way, shape or form. The FBI was ever involved in anything to do with this. There was no entrapment. There was no embeds. Then the Michigan disposition happens. Uh, which kind of just blows the lid off of it. And and slowly, and and out of most of the legacy media, within a week you start to see, well, there may have been up to or maybe more 20 or so FBI agents.
0: Or or maybe more?
3: Right. Wow. Mixed into the crowd on January 6th near the Capitol. So they're already starting to, like, walk back and cover for themselves and, you know, do all this other stuff. The fact of the matter is the, the, the people who are caught up in the middle of this like Noor pointed out, the political prisoners, they will never get back the last 15 months of their life.
0: A lot of them won't ever recover. Yeah, you'll never, you never get a, your job back. You never get the apartment you lost, the or house, house, the house you lost, yeah. the pets you lost.
3: How your family's going to look at you. I mean, all of these people. Yeah,
0: uh, you can see where my... With, oh, yeah, the family, yeah, right.
3: Yeah, but, I mean, like, that guy who, who wound up committing suicide, like, he was an honor student in high school. He graduated in white from Penn State. He worked his way up from an entry-level position to a six-figure job in his career. And he lived in a small town of, like, 10,000 people where everybody knew everybody. And he 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 became, like, a self-inflicted victim of a hate crime. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what it was. <laughs> and you can't believe that stuff like this has happened in the United States, in addition to the fact that the legacy media and all of the, you know, um... Mainstream print and press are just completely ignoring it. Ignoring stuff like that happens. You know, you can't report that, like, this kid killed himself without showing file footage of, like, the outside of the Capitol and all the people being rowdy. Yeah. And it's, it's just, that's ridiculous. the narrative they want you to believe.
0: It's insulting.
3: It's almost like they want you to say, good, I'm glad he killed himself. They should all kill themselves. Ooh. And it's just absolutely horrible and 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 horrifying. And I'm, I'm really glad you stepped up and done that, Norah, for someone who's currently not in the U.S., isn't a U.S. citizen, you love this country more than you know, some of the people who live here actually do and you you care for its values and and all the things that this country stands for as, you know, someone that that observes for the most part from the outside. And it's, it's really been a pleasure, you know, our, we've, that's why we value your friendship. It's not, you know, what you are, it's who you are. And that's really important. And, and a lot of people, you know, have the same abilities to do some of the things that you do the same way, but they take it for granted because they've just gluttoned on the things that are the United States.
4: You know, this is where the message of Lieutenant General Michael Flynn resonates so much. It's because we each and every single one of us have a part to play in what's going on right now. We are at a very, very special time in history. And everyone needs to look at themselves, look at where they are in their life and what it is they can do. You know, I so happen to have this, this name. And this is the reason why I have or why I knew I would have an immediate, you know, um, platform coming out. And I felt it was my duty to use it to do something, to do something good and to try and expose as much as I can the truth, because this is what we are here for, to expose the truth of what's going on. And, um, you know, it's, it's just so ironic when I, can you imagine that it's up to me to be to have to do something like this when these people uh, in the GOP who are supposed to represent their const- uh, constituents are not doing their job they're throwing they're throwing upstanding American citizens that they're supposed to serve under the bus yeah. and this is what I said on the war room uh, when I went on 10 days or so ago is that you have just a handful of uh, of lawmakers and uh, uh, of congressmen and women who are standing up. You know, I mentioned, you know, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ron Johnson. Mm-hmm. You can count them on one hand, max two. The people who are who are um, fighting for these uh, political prisoners, for the defendants, and for conservatives and you know, uh, Trump supporters. At large, because this is, you know, the political prisoners are having the are are that are in the DC gulag are the ones that are most affected. The defendants, you know, like Matthew Perna and you know people who are having their lives completely destroyed uh, by the the legacy media and um, and all these, you know, we can go into the doxing with everything that happened this week, but yeah, just the just. And then you know the just Trump supporters and conservatives, conservatives at large who are being completely maligned. You can say maligned, right? Sure. Yeah, maligned. Um, just for for being uh, uh, Trump supporters, but this is the point, right? The point is use any any weapon at your disposal. I'm talking about the regime, the regime is using every single weapon they have at their disposal at their disposal to crush any form of dissent and to deter anyone from questioning their legitimacy. Yeah. This is all this is about.
3: It, it, you're 100% correct. The only political capital that they've been able to use, it hasn't been off any of their f- massive failures from one end of the globe to the other. Or the fact that anyone really believes in this country, even on the radical progressive left, you'll find someone that's legitimately like really hard to find someone that believes Joe Biden got 81 million votes. January 6th was the only political capital they had. Yeah. That the people who should be in power are back in power and they're going to like make everything right because that happened. I mean, they're still doing that in the whole narrative today. We're going to get into it. Um, towards the oh, back. Wait, I
4: just want to add. I just want to add something. Sure. You're completely right, Roan, and yours. And yours. I don't know if it was Roan or, or Noah speaking. I think it was Roan. Yeah. Um. And w- what you said earlier, uh, coming because the midterms are coming, and they're going to try and milk this as much as they can. But the problem is, thanks to their problem, thanks to the incredible work of Darren Beatty at Revolver News, and you know Julie, Julie Kelly, Kelly at American yeah. Greatness, especially these two. Uh, including some other voices, you know, Mad Brain Nerd uh, to look ahead, America as well. But you have a few people that are really fighting to have this narrative collapse, and it's working. The narrative has collapsed. It's like completely unraveling. Yep. And uh, and I don't. I, you guys remember? It was a few months ago. There was a poll that was made, or they had done a. Um, survey and people didn't really care about january 6th something like that does that ring a bell
3: yes mm-hmm. yeah
4: yeah i don't remember who had conducted this uh this survey but it's it's not sticking no it's not no. sticking at all
3: no i think uh I, I did see that poll and someone actually retweeted it i think in the last day or two on twitter and it was like 64 percent of the people i think that they pulled thought january 6 was not like in the top five issues um facing the nation or of any importance regarding heading into the midterm elections. I did see something Mm -hmm. about that. And then there was like an op-ed that went with it. It might've been the New York post, but uh, I definitely remember seeing it.
0: Yeah. You got to figure maybe they screwed up by locking everybody up. Like maybe if the Buffalo horns guy was still out cruising around, making noise that it would keep this more on the forefront. and The outrage would be there.
4: The thing guys, it was so sloppy and so grotesque. I mean, I was uh, uh, here at home in Switzerland And I was watching it unfold, like the events unfold live on that day, having major FOMO because I wanted to be out there in the crowd uh, protesting this legitimate uh, election. And uh, and it was so obvious that it wasn't uh, an insurrection. And this is something Julie Kelly does very well in her book. You know, she describes how it was so clearly a coordinated narrative because immediately you had lawmakers, media talking heads, CEOs across the board, um, basically leading figures of the establish- establishment using exactly the same vocabulary uh, to describe what was what had just happened or what was in the process of happening. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just such a big lie.
3: It certainly is. And, and when you talk about all things regarding what happened on November 3rd and all the way up through January 6th, the only big lie, like Nor just said, that, that I mean, I can legitimately confirm is the stuff that happened um, regarding with the spin of the narrative mm-hmm. and, and not the actual actions of the people that day, um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we're not going to minimize or, or make not for anyone who did anything bad, but it was nothing like anything that they said. Um, there's been no real felony charges. I mean, we, we talked about it with a constitutional attorney from News Maximir Benno, who's coming back on with us next week. Uh, last mm-hmm. time he was on the show with us, you know, there was, a one of the proud boys accepted like a, uh, second charge, but the first charge was for sedition or insurrection. And that charge was dismissed, but because it was on the actual papers, that was charge one. He was accepting charge two in a plea deal they never said what you know charge two was and then just ran with it oh, of course he was and they would say in the news like he was originally ch- charged with sedition and uh took a plea deal but they would never say like the actual logistics of it yeah it just but just that so was they can months was.
4: that was months later oh yeah that was, that was kind news, of recently
3: yeah it was recently because
4: revolver news had b- b- backed them into a corner saying yep. you're calling this an insurrection and sedition etc but where are the charges nobody has been charged
3: yeah. I just don't know how. And so
4: they had to, to, to make it up.
3: Yeah. I, I still can't wrap my brain about around how legally this works. This sticks. It doesn't. No one stepped up. Everyone from the Supreme Court down to, like you said, the lawmakers on Capitol Hill are supposed to be representing these people. Uh, they can only do yeah. so much. You know, the Matt Gates' MTGs and people like that of the world. However, um, in my opinion, it's still not enough until these no. people are, are charged and given due process in a timely manner and whatever they're going to yes. be charged with, charged with you know, misdemeanor, trespassing, et cetera. Yeah.
4: But this, again, coming back to the very important point you made, uh, Ron, about um, the midterm elections coming up. Sure. This is the litmus test. There are two litmus litmus tests ahead of the uh, elections for Republican candidates that they... That they um, how do you say acknowledge that it was a completely fraudulent election, and that they stand up for the January sixth defendants,
3: the ones that are doing if the they, best. That they they you know. those are definitely two of the issues that resonate with them. You no, know. so I just think like you, you can't get any more importance into the issues than than to do those ones you know talking about the election and all the things that happened and we've talked about on the show we've deconstructed the whole 2020 presidential election from day one all the way up until where we're at now if you want to just take every single conspiracy theory and throw it out international servers like you know you name it fact of the matter was four states huge leads stopped middle of the night spikes in votes and free-for-all mail-in ballots across the entire country things that are unprecedented that have never happened before all seem very coordinated. That time New- news uh, article confirmed it in February of uh, 2021, you know, the plot to save the election and stop Donald Trump, whatever. To bullshit fortify. That was. To yeah. Fortify, fortify the election. So, so fortify. but it is what it is. And that's where we're at now. So I don't just know. imagine,
0: sorry, just imagine that the, you know, like what if it was, she was on the other foot and we'd locked up, all the people that were assaulting and trying to burn down the courthouse in Portland mm. and had them awaiting pretrial for a year plus or
3: tried to burn down the church on the White house grounds,
0: yeah, so I mean, just imagine if it was the shoe was on the other foot, the outrage that would be you know perpetuated by the media mm. just on its own would be huge, but now it's you know it's the other team, so this is fine this is fine you
4: have Kamala Harris and and the likes who are funding bail for yep. these criminals.
3: Yeah, she should. That that should automatically disqualify her from even considering running for president. Even though I don't know how she could, she's definitely going to need a couple of new speechwriters, to say the least. Because
0: or a speechwriter.
3: Here we are.
4: No. <laughs> no, listen, guys. I'm watching from afar, and you know you mentioned, but I'm really not the only one. The no. only one who loves your country and uh, and who appreciates and values the American experiment and what the founding fathers set out to achieve. We are millions and millions across the world who are watching what's going on in America and total disbelief. And, um, and we are rooting for America. You know, I've said it before on the show. I have my very personal reasons because America really is like my second home. But aside from all the personal reasons, you know, matter of fact, what happens in America affects the rest of the world. And, um, you are our, our best shot at um, stopping this new world order, and this this is the precise reason why you were attacked from uh, within for so many generations, for so many decades. They had to infiltrate you, all your institutions, um, and um, just subvert you from every single angle possible because uh, because they 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 needed to bring you down to your knees so that they could move forward with their, with their globalist agenda but uh we are wide awake and we know that this is their plot and uh i have uh, full faith that we're going to come out on the other side it's just going to get a bit um
3: spicy i think spicy to say the least uh you know christina bob um who's done a ton of things in this country as far as service goes uh she was marine She worked for the Department of Homeland Security as an appointee in the Trump administration. She went on with with Chanel Rion and uh, worked at OAN for years. And now she's Donald Trump's top attorney for Save America. Uh, She's working Mm -hmm. out of the Mar-a-Lago office and she's become a great friend of the show and a great friend to all of us outside of the show. You know, to be able to talk and text and call her on the phone. Someone that sits down with Donald Trump for a couple hours a week, three times a week is it's just a blessing to have, you know, your finger that close to the pulse. And, uh, you know, she said that we're entering a time right now. Uh, we saw it with the tea party in 2010. It was, it evolved in 2015 with MAGA. And now we're kind of in like a gray space, but we're entering what she felt and what the people at Trump world feel right now is like a six year period of just the rebirth of getting things back on the right track. Um, we, we, we got bumped down in a tough one, you know, in, in 2020, For all of the wrong reasons. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I think people understand it's time to fight back. They're seeing it in the wallet. They're seeing it in the gas pump. They're seeing it in, you Mm -hmm. know, um, national sovereignty on our borders, failed international policies, all the green new bullshit that's going on. And everybody keeps saying that the movement isn't real, but you have every Saturday between 3 and 7 p.m., Donald Trump in some obscure town in a state supposedly stumping for candidates, speaking for two hours, and having anywhere between thirty-five and 80,000 people at each event. Yeah, Like, you know, I I, I think like the Beatles and the Pope historically have been the only kind of people that could draw crowds like that. There's professional sports teams that don't draw that much for their games every time they play. And you've got this 75-year-old man who's just absolutely beloved, uh, just a rock star mentality. And for all the slings and arrows and beatdowns that he took, Uh, He still seems to be coming out on top.
0: Yeah, there's CNN apps that don't even draw that many people.
3: Hey, listen, more more people listen to Steak for Breakfast than they do for Chris Wallace, which consequently is where we're going to segue to now as we jump into some news while we've got Nora on the phone. Um, Chris Wallace, whose show abruptly ended yesterday, (laughs) got him after a
0: strong run, twenty one days. I can't get over it. Well, was there was the last show? Was there an announcement that said, "Well, I'm sorry, this is going to be the last show." or, or was it just like a, he's been tr- well, just gone?
3: He was throwing tantrums. We heard he was throwing tantrums. Perfect. Yeah, because, and and he wanted uh, he wanted Cuomo's prime time spot, but he's just trash and nobody likes him, so they're not going to give it to him. I'm hilarious. Um, but on on her farewell tour, the human fire extinguisher Jen Psaki sat down with him and he pushed her on a couple things regarding Joe Biden. Mm, that's new. Yeah, and and he actually showed a little bit of a spine and and gave an actual decent comparison to Donald Trump. Let's listen to him give her the business on what would be his last show. Why has President Biden been so sheltered from the press? Mm.
5: In what way? In what he way? just did a press conference a couple, several weeks ago. Well, And I was, he, does, he takes questions from the press nearly every day. Okay, I'm questions. gonna
6: come back at you on that. In his first year, Joe Biden held two solo news conferences in the White House and he held Five on foreign trips, and and take a look at this. In his first year, Mr. Biden sat down for 28 interviews with reporters. That compares to 95 in the same period of time for Donald Trump, and 162 for Barack Obama. Ooh. By comparison, Jen, that's shelter.
5: Well, the statistic you didn't include there, Chris, is how many times did he take questions from reporters at the White House? I think it was about no, he's had double two, so- the two number- solo
6: news conferences
5: <laughs> no, no, beyond that. I mean, nearly every day at the White House, he takes questions from the White House press corps. Yeah, but Jen, Two questions, three questions, eight questions. Yeah, but Jen, I, but, but I, why I mean, is that I, different? Well, He's done I'll, that I'll tell you exactly two or three why, times more than his predecessors. I'll tell you
6: exactly why that's different, because when you're standing there, you can take a question, you can answer it, you can slough it off and you move on. It in no way compares, and oftentimes he gives a partial answer and walks away. It in no way compares to sitting down with a reporter for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and having uh you can't move away you can't duck it you got to sit there and answer the question and the follow up it's not the same thing
5: uh, we can agree to disagree on that chris i think how he has felt engaging with the press uh makes sense to him or works is how he used to do it in the senate which was to talk to reporters after he did events take their questions oftentimes he takes multiple questions sometimes there are follow ups He's done that two or three times more than most of his predecessors and I think, you know, for most of the White House reporters that gives them an opportunity to ask questions often a couple times a week.
3: No, it doesn't. Mm. What about when all of his handlers are screaming out of them and trying to push them out of the room?
0: Yeah, I mean, is do I mean, have we seen that with another president? Never. Like to this extent.
3: Like, no. Yeah, no. Nor now you you're part of the international community, what's the uh I we've seen good ones like GB news and sky news really tear Joe Biden a, an asshole, but let's just say you're, you're watching regular television and maybe not conservative news abroad. What is the perspective of Joe Biden, um, through the, through the lens of the rest of the world?
4: Listen, first of all, I have to admit, I haven't had a TV in 12 years. And uh, <laughs> Good. The, my, my news consumption is very much uh, U.S. um, centric, but, um, You know, the mainstream media or the legacy media, they just they just toe the line and uh, and they follow the narrative whenever it is decided that they're going to throw Biden under the bus, which has started. Mm -hmm. um, That's when they'll they'll bring up, you know, his gaffes and uh, and highlight those. But um, it's it's trickling down. It started. I feel that I'm waiting for the coup de grace when they really decide to to get rid of him.
3: Yeah, they, so, uh, they they started, like, after those two, the G7 and then the G20, um, you yeah. know, there was some really big pushback from the the news abroad, and then you started to see outlets, like, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, they're called the fake news media here, <laughs> fake news CNN and MSDNC started yeah. running, like, hit pieces yeah. on his, like, you know, really highlighting, like, last week we played a clip from MSNBC where they were just, like, they had to side-by-side comparison picture of him and Donald Trump and they were literally hammering the fact that he has reached numbers lower than all of the fake polls said Donald Trump reached yeah. as a low throughout the course of his presidency I was pretty shocked by that and uh, it yeah, was... it's
4: it started yeah the, the campaign to uh, to take him down has has started they even talked about the the hunter's laptop
3: yes. Yes, it's starting oh. to come up. And yeah, once they
0: said the words about that, you're like, oh, shit, they said the words.
3: And now it's part of the congressional record. Yes. So it, <laughs> it's just pretty interesting to see. Um, as the as the farewell tour continues, she still has to go to work during the day mm. as the White House press secretary and uh, spokesman. Jen Psaki, listen, ever since she did that town hall last week where she made fun of Peter Ducey and the whole stupid son of a bitch thing, <laughs> he's not going to let it go. No. So he's coming f- Three to five questions, no matter what. All of the follow-ups are relevant, and he's taking her to task. They got into it yesterday in a pretty heated conversation about a couple different things, including um, Title 42. Let's hear them volley it back and forth.
7: President Biden is a candidate. uh, promised to decriminalize marijuana. When is that going to happen?
5: Well, (laughs) the president uh, continues to believe that no one should be in jail Uh uh, because of drug use. Uh, I don't have an update here. Uh, We are continuing to work with Congress. But what I can say on marijuana is we've made some progress um, on on our promises. For instance, the DEA just issued its first licenses to companies to cultivate marijuana for research purposes after years of delay during the prior administration. This is a key step in promoting research because it broadens the amount and quality of cannabis available for research purposes. Mm. Additionally, the President is continuing to review his clemency powers, which is something he also talked about on the campaign and certainly remains committed to taking action on.
7: So he remains committed to what he said during the campaign, that uh, people charged with marijuana-related offenses, number one, everybody gets out, record expunged.
5: Well, again, he's reviewing his clemency powers. That's exactly what that looks like. Um, I don't have any updates or previews beyond that,
7: though. Okay, and a question about immigration. Mm. Does the president still have confidence that the vice president can get to the bottom of root causes of migration,
5: <laughs> he absolutely does, and uh, and is grateful for her work in doing exactly that. What work? Why? Oh, what? Why does he have confidence? Or should I should I give you an well, update so on a couple of the, the things we've done?
7: What, what gives the president confidence uh, when he sees that March 2022? has 28% more migrant encounters at the border than March 2021 when she got this assignment.
5: Well, you asked me about root causes, right? So let me address that first and what the Vice President and other members of the administration have been working with her have been doing. So we've been working with source and transit com- uh, countries in the region to facilitate the quick return of individuals who previously resided in those countries as well as to stem migration in its states. Some of that is uh, getting agreements with partner countries on migration-related matters, and that's something that the We're vice president has been deeply engaged with. I'd also note that Secretary Mayorkas, who of course has worked with her on this, traveled to Costa Rica recently, where he joined uh, the president uh, of Costa Rica in announcing a bilateral migration agreement, outlining our shared commitment to both manage migrant flows as well as to promote economic growth in the region. And we also are maintaining a close partnership between the government of Mexico and the United States to stem irregular migration. So, uh. there, what r- addressing root causes means is working with countries in the region to take steps to uh, to have partnership, be able to have people sent back uh, to the region as needed.
7: And then the last one on this, is the president or are you guys having discussions with advisors about delaying the removal of Title 42?
5: Well, I would again remind everyone because you gave me the opportunity. So thank you. Title 42 is not an immigration authority. I will is I will get to your I will I will get to your right. question. I promise, Peter. Um, it is a public health authority. Congress gave the CDC authority to make determinations about when it should be lifted. So right now we are planning and preparing for the end of Title 42 enforcement on May 23rd. But I would say that there are a range. The president agrees that immigration in our country is broken. It's a system that is broken. There are a range of ideas out there in Congress, Democrats, Republicans, others, False. some who support a delay of Title 42 implementation, some who strongly oppose it. Uh, and there are a range of other ideas of reforming our immigration system. This would all require congressional action. We're happy to have that conversation with them. Mm.
3: Oh, <clears throat> Nor. As far as the marijuana part goes, I, I can honestly care less. I think he was just kind of busting her balls, especially with his follow up question was like, "Okay, so he's gonna he's gonna change the laws, and every single person that's ever been put in jail for it is gonna be released." And that's kind of when that one went off the rails. But <laughs> getting to the immigration stuff, you know, she mentioned Kamala Harris; she's never gonna find the root cause of the problems with migration. However, she did mention Secretary Mayorkas, uh being down in 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 South and Central America recently. He was in Panama yesterday. He was flown in on a Black Hawk accompanied by three others and was meeting with people there. And it's been revealed that the purpose of his visit was to help streamline the amount of migrants and how fast they move through these countries. Because I guess as we pay the countries off in billions of dollars of aid that just gets laundered for all of their corrupt governments, all they care about is setting up a system to where these people don't stay very long because when that happens, they start to settle and have kids and trash the place before they eventually leave and come up to the United States. Um, Pretty disturbing to see our sovereignty destroyed in in the way it is right now. I believe we're getting close to like 150 countries who have, you know, come into the United States. The Border Patrol gave out stats last week that showed every day there's up to 2,000 getaways. And once Title 42 is taken away, they're saying there might be a time for like the first 90 days where each month we'll see half a million people try to cross the U.S. Southern border at a time. Um, Very scary to say the least. What do you feel? uh, You know, they're not answering any questions and they, this is definitely part of the burn it down strategy of the Biden administration. Um, How disturbing is it to you?
4: Listen, um, as I said earlier, this, uh, this regime is using every single weapon at its disposal, at its disposal to, destroy the United States of America and immigration is one of their uh, main instruments, uh, the flooding of migrants, unchecked migrants, the violence, the drugs, you know, the fentanyl that's coming through the border, um, the, the the trafficking of people. I mean, the, the plague and everything that comes with an open border uh, at the South is just... Um, Horrendous mm-hmm. and uh, the, the the you know you can't wrap your your head around the contradiction of the people that are ruling over us. You know, they're they're sending billions and billions of dollars to defend the sovereignty of Ukraine, meanwhile, they're doing everything in their power to destroy the sovereignty of the United States of America. I mean, many people have, have said this before me, I'm, I'm not the first, but this is very much intentional. And as I say, this is, a, this is deliberate, and this is an operation. They want to bring in chaos, they want to change the demographics of the country, uh, as Tucker has mentioned a few times on his show, for which he has been, you know, Uh, denounced as a racist or whatever but it's just the truth it's just a matter of a fact they want to change the demographics of the United States of America and they have to import people that are going to uh, to vote their way for all their um, quote freebies because you know it's in exchange for uh, perpetual slavery uh, the system that they're instituting and uh and they they have to resort to this because more and more and more and more Americans are waking up to the realization that the people that are ruling over them are doing so in exact contradiction to their own and to their interests and have been doing that for a very long time
3: yes yes you're 100% correct there.
0: when you say that uh, importing these demographic of people that are going to be doing what they want based on the free shit that they're getting. Destabilizing the nation. But also, even if they decide that, hey, guess what? Well, we kind of lied about some of the free shit you're going to get. All they have now is just this entire demographic of people that they can threaten with, if you don't vote the way that we want you to vote, then these other guys are going to make you go back to your country. And then there's a whole other coercion thing for there. Mm -hmm. I think.
3: Yeah, no, it's it's an excellent point. And uh, you know, one that's not made enough. I think uh, the only way to get to the bottom of some of these issues that are being theorized in the press and via the White House press pool is to hear it from the man himself. Because I don't know if you've heard this nowhere, nor but uh, Joe Biden. He was the poorest man in Congress for oh. for a record thirty six oh, yeah. years. Good for him. And he, and he's he's darn tired of these trickle down politics. Let's hear. We I got a three part montage of Joe Biden. Let's hear him kind of ramble through some stuff.
1: When I was running for office, uh, you heard it a thousand times—that right? we're going to build an economy around you. I'm so tired of trickle-down economics. Mm. I, I never found that, that trickle-down on top of my head very much. I was listed. I was had the great pleasure of being Is he listed about as sportsman of Congress. No. I still hadn't making a hell of a lot more money than anybody else because I was getting a senator's salary. No kidding. I didn't think you should make money while you're in office. Mm-hmm. But anyway. The point of it is this, an awful lot of people are hurting. It makes a big difference, it makes a big difference. The cost of a dozen eggs, the cost of a gallon of gasoline, it matters. Across, it matters.
0: across a gallon? So I
1: concluded when I ran this last time that we're going to build this economy from the bottom up in the middle out.
0: Mm. Oh, I love that one.
3: Sounds like build back crappier to me. Yeah.
1: Says the big guy.
3: The yeah. big guy.
0: I don't believe in... What do he say? He didn't believe in making money in government? What? How much is he making?
3: Well, it's one of those things you, you also take into consideration. Uh, you know, he said he didn't make money when he was in office, but it's those four years while he was out of office where a lot of the inconsistencies,
0: especially in the taxable reporting, came from. Well, that's when Gen you can say, well, he wasn't... No, in. but when
4: he was VP and Hunter was doing all these deals all over and then sending him the money... Sure. I mean, it's all in the emails.
3: Paying up to 50% of his uh, living expenses while Hunter was doing all this stuff.
4: I mean, the goal of these people who sit there and lie, and it's just lie upon lie upon lie upon lie. And him, Barack Obama, all these disgusting swamp creatures, Mm -hmm. I mean, they really make you want to, sorry, throw up. It's just so (laughs) vile and disgusting.
3: It certainly listening
4: is. to these people.
3: And, and and speaking of these people, we, we've just well, we're now just disembarking from the big pharma train that we've milked like the biggest of cows for the last two plus years. Ugh. And are are by all means firing up the military industrial complex machine again with war rums drums uh beaten. Um, war Rum? Steak for Battleground? Stop it. Nor's friends with Steve Bannon. We gotta be nice. And so are we, Sudoli. Yeah.
4: This guy who just, the clip you just played, the inflation is his fault. And obviously the Federal Reserve and all the people who run this from the top, but they went to to war. They went to war with Russia. This is Ukraine as a proxy. And the US, the rogue US government handled by these globalist forces at the very top of, of the pyramid they provoked this war with 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 Russia, and lo and behold, who is suffering? Us, yeah. the American people and Western Europeans, and you know, Africa is going to suffer the famine. And President Put- Putin said last fall, he said, "Prepare yourselves to experience one of the worst famines." ever known to man he knows what's coming with with these policies that they have deliberately set out
3: well you're 100 correct and wait a minute are you sure you said us we got into this war with russia we're being told Not
4: us i'm saying i'm saying the rogue the rogue u.s uh government handled by the globalists at the top of the pyramid They are the one that that manufactured this crisis in Ukraine.
3: No, we we get that. They
4: wanted to provoke.
3: We're being told here that it's the Putin price hike, though. It's a hashtag. Oh, yeah,
4: obviously. (laughs) But (laughs) everything is Putin's fault.
3: I know. I was trying to make it was a really bad joke. So I forgot to say the hashtag (laughs) in the beginning. But listen, you think the war is going to be over anytime soon? Think again, Noah, because they can do this for a really long time. Let's hear him weigh in.
8: How long can the U.S. maintain the level and pace of this military support for Ukraine?
1: Well, we have the capacity to do this for a a long time. Um, The question is, uh, are we going to continue to maintain the support of the international community and keep the pressure on Putin to prevent him from overrunning the country, number one. You
3: saw that poll where everybody two, was getting
1: bored. make sure we continue to maintain the economic sanctions, which over time, and we're beginning to see it, are devastating their economy and their ability to move forward. So the most important thing right now is maintain the unity. So far, so good. Thank you very much.
3: It was revealed this week that we don't know where the money or weapons that are getting funneled into Ukraine going, at the same time when President Zelensky is saying that he requires at least $7 billion a month from the international community to make the economy of Ukraine work. I, I don't necessarily, under, again, Nor, we've talked about this. There is more footage on the History Channel of World War I when there wasn't even fucking like video cameras than there is of what's going on between Russia and Ukraine, which is just completely mind-boggling in this technological age with Elon Musk putting Starlink technology over the country to help Everybody be able to stay in communications, and then you have two pretty decently industrialized nations going at it with each other, and you don't see anything.
0: I, I saw somebody posted a picture, and it's like, I would like to buy Ukrainian windows, and it was like a yeah. street scene. All the cars, of all upside, these cars yeah. flipped upside down, and the building next to the cars is in perfect condition, not a single window broken. It's like, man, I go for some some of that plaster and windows. That's yeah. pretty good shit.
3: It's just, it's crazy to think about. Like we know stuff's going on over there, but just. The optics of it is not...
0: I mean, maybe it was just a really bad car crash.
3: What masses the narrative. (laughs) Maybe they were just cars that they tipped over, which it turns out they was. Um, It's just pretty crazy to see this, you know, us just funneling stuff. At some point, Vladimir Putin's going to do something extremely aggressive. Uh, He had warned the U.S. two weeks ago that if they kept funneling U.S.-funded and built weaponry into the region and killing Russian soldiers with U.S. weapons... That there was going to be some pretty bad consequences, and one can only speculate what his next move might be.
4: Listen, I think um, Putin is a very level-headed man, mm-hmm. and uh, people don't know this, but he has the most powerful weaponry and you know um, military equipment much more advanced than actually the U.S. They're not at using this it. Stage.
3: They're not using that equipment in Ukraine for the most part. I mean, they've, they've no. used some hypersonics, but. They, they've rolled some of the old 1980s, 1990s crap in there, tanks and, and armored personnel carriers and stuff like that.
4: Yeah, be, because Putin Putin's uh, aim is not to uh, expand as they're lying to us in the mainstream media. He just justifiably so wants to secure his border. I mean, you saw all the stories um, about uh, the biolabs and it's not just Ukraine, by the nope. way, it's also Georgia. Yep. They, the, they've they set up uh, many um, hazardous biolabs all along the the border with uh, with Russia, so mm-hmm. listen. He he was clearly provoked, and he had to take action. Not to mention actual people being slaughtered by excuse me, actual Nazis. Yep. You know the the Azov Battalion and the actual neo Nazis that are in uh, in Ukraine uh, that have been funded. I mean, there are so many uh, lies that are being spread about this war. So much disinformation. You see this cartoon character that is Zelensky posing in front of cameras you know doing photo shoots who does that like during a hot war that is escalating it's all so fake and having so many many ways
3: having so many of the world leaders visit him in the capital you know it just doesn't make any sense Um, in addition to some of his green screen rantings (laughs) yeah (laughs) those those are good I was gonna
4: say the green screen and God bless Marjorie Terry Green. I love her for not, you know, clapping and standing up when he did this stupid address yep. at uh, Congress a few weeks ago.
3: That's a big old money grift. Um, speaking of which, the mm. ones that the American taxpayers are going to be incurring if Title 42 does go away. In my last clip of the Joe Biden montage, uh, he was asked about Title 42, but either was frustrated with still or got it confused with the ending of the... Uh, CDC mask mandates. Confused?
1: Let's hear him. i Title 42,
5: sir. Are you considering delaying lifting Title 42?
1: No, what I'm considering is continuing to hear from my... Uh, my uh, well, first of all, there's going to be an appeal by the Justice Department because as a matter of principle, we want to be able to be in a position where if in fact it is strongly concluded by the scientists that we need Title 42 that we'd be able to do that, but there has been no decision on extending title forty two did you catch all that? He caught himself,
3: yeah, he
0: caught himself. I mean, you could sort of explain that one away, given that the title forty two was a not an immigration thing, it was a health thing, but yeah, he definitely was going down leaning the into round. the wrong the wrong pole. that one
3: it's just pretty really sad to see them even. Considering this, given the fact that, you know, more than 2 million people have already crossed the southern border that we know about, not including the getaways, before uh, the start of May, since the Biden administration took over, and it's just getting ugly. Um, Speaking of which, Kamala Harris is going to need a new top senior aide. Another one quit this week. Oh, no. Yeah. I believe this is, like... The highest one, like her personal assistant, had had it and was done. Hopefully she's not the one writing speeches in crayon when she goes out there.
0: Maybe their speechwriters need marijuana.
3: So she addressed a joint uh, venture with the Space Force and the Air Force the other day. And uh, Tucky wanted to weigh in and lay a little commentary on this from our best border czar.
9: Kamala Harris is very busy. She's got a ton of jobs in the Biden administration. None of them have gone very well. First, she was in charge of securing the southern border. Mm-hmm. Then she was in charge of keeping the peace. Sorry, it's hard not to laugh. Keeping the peace between Russia and Ukraine. They're not going to invade if Kamala Harris is there. But her toughest job of all is as space czar. Bet you didn't know she was. She is. She's chair of the National Space Council. Kamala Harris is the Biden administration's expert on the stars. I was Here she St- was in Stacey October Abrams. speaking to child actors about
4: cosmos I just love the idea of
8: exploring the unknown and then there's other things that we just haven't figured out or discovered yet <laughs> to think about so much that's out there that we still have to learn I love that. You're going to literally see the craters
4: on the moon with your oh. own eyes. Oh with your own eyes.
5: I'm telling you, it is
3: going to be unbelievable. Oh. Now,
5: I No, obviously, that's even...
9: nauseating. But then you think to yourself, well, she's never had her own kids. She doesn't maybe know how you talk to kids. Maybe she thinks you're supposed to patronize kids to the point where they throw up in their own mouths. <laughs> and she would never talk like that to an adult because no one put up with it. Oh, but you'd be wrong. Are you supposed to patronize child is actors? Tom am happy to talk that way to adults, including you. Here she is on Monday speaking to members of the United States Space Force.
2: Space is exciting. <laughs>
4: it spurs our imaginations. And it forces us to ask big questions. Space, it affects us all.
0: In the final frontier.
4: And it connects us all. Mm.
9: Space connects us all. Actually, it separates us all. That's by definition. Wouldn't it be better for Kamala Harris to say, look, I don't actually know anything. I've never done anything. I've just been a political parasite my entire life. I have no skills and no relevant life experience. You fly airplanes. Maybe you could talk to me about what you do. I've heard she's got now. some skills. Talking about herself again. In possibly related news, Kamala Harris' chief of staff, Tina Flournoy, has announced that she's quitting. That marks that we're keeping track. The 13th senior official to flee Kamala Harris's office wow. in the last year.
3: Nor now I'm, I'm going to ask you, it, this may be a big challenge for you. It may not. You just might brush it off as something that you know you need to do because you're an extremely strong woman. How dare me? Um, can you speak on behalf of all women of the universe right now and weigh in on how much of an absolute embarrassment Kamala Harris is? Uh,
4: listen, I just cannot listen to this, um, <laughs> yeah, it's awful. To this voice. It's awful. And um, Tucker nails that he's so funny. Uh, I love this man's humor, but uh, no, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. i I had pain in my ears <laughs>
0: uh,
4: and in my brain, just just from listening to to this clip. I watched I, guys, you're you know you're really mean because I watched Tucker every night and I had to endure listening to these two bits over again.
3: just hey, now. We just wanted you to we just wanted a hot take from you on it, and don't worry. I always come correct. And before we cut with any of our guests, we're always going to make sure they go off on a high note. Donald Trump spoke <laughs> last night at a Heritage Foundation conference and gave some really good takes on some stuff. But one of them was talking about the conservative movement, where it's at and where it is going. And uh, in our last audio clip with our very special guest, Norman Laden, let's hear Donald Trump weigh in and talk about uh, just that.
2: We grew the conservative movement into a working people's movement and we transformed the Republican Party into the working people's party. Mm -hmm. And we are never, ever going back. We've increased our size massively. We're winning areas now that we never thought possible. I think we're going to have a tremendous 22. We had a tremendous 20, but bad things happened. Very, very bad things happened. And we're going to have a great, great 24. But we have to watch the vote counters. Our movement must continue to pursue a populist, nationalist Ooh. economic agenda that puts working families before globalist politicians and woke multinational corporations who are mentally ill in many cases. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Nora, I know you had to have liked that one. What do you think of Papa Wayne in there?
4: Music to my ears in stark contrast from what you just played before.
3: It certainly is.
4: But yeah, no, amazing, and um, I completely agree. Uh, the movement has grown so much; each day, more and more people wake up as uh, as the lies get bigger and more grotesque. And I have no, I have uh, no doubt that uh, you guys are going to reclaim your country, all your institutions, and um, as I said earlier, you know, this is the message of. Uh, of a general Flynn. And on that note, I really recommend everybody go get his, um, last book on his website, a letter to America, because mm-hmm. he describes how, um, each of us, I mean, each American, um, unfortunately I'm not there with you guys on the ground, but how each American can contribute to reclaiming your country. You know, I you think mean- it's a really important message. So I, I highly recommend it.
3: You can't put it any better than that, dear. Um, to to hear an audio clip where Donald Trump is using the actual words nationalist populist movement uh, combined with the fact of that commentary right there. And I'm going to add a little bit of theorizing that at some point, hopefully in the near future, some of the regulations will drop and you'll be here uh, right by our sides putting up the good fight where you should be because uh, if anything to say the least, nor your heart is in it, I think that's the most attractive thing about you. You're brilliant and... Uh, we're very blessed for your friendship and again for you coming on the show today.
4: I'm really blessed for your friendship and uh, to all the the fellow patriots uh, out there and I can't wait to come. I've said it for months, uh, you know, I'm just waiting for these stupid vaccination um, requirements to enter the country to drop because obviously I'm not getting any vaccination quote. I'm not getting um, any uh, jabs uh, at all I've um, completely gone off grid because you need a, you needed a lot of um, um, no what I wanted to say is that uh, there were many restrictions for those of us who were unvaxxed over here in Europe but as soon as I can I'll make my way and it'll be a great great day when we can finally meet in person
3: can't wait to give you a hug and don't worry mm-hmm. first drinks on Noah yep there it is, and
4: have a a hug and some steak for breakfast.
3: So we could have steak three times a day that day. When yep. you're here, not not a problem or an <laughs> issue. Um, Nor we're going to live link the, the article, and then I always put the link to your podcast in there. Where else can people find you across social media today? Where do you want me to uh, live link in the show description for you?
5: Uh,
4: the t- I guess Twitter is where I'm most active at Norbin Laden. Um, it's the same handle I use for Getter. And my website is where I post uh, my, my writing. So the website is norbinladen.com.
3: Seems simple enough. And we will for sure live link that in the show description. A nor it's been such a pleasure.
0: I think even Joe Biden could get that web address, right?
3: How dare you? (laughs) We will be talking more frequently, but hope that you can come back at some point in the near future soon. Next time we've already talked about it offline. Hopefully you and Mr. Beatty will come on together and we can talk about a whole bunch of things.
4: Yeah, it would be awesome to to come on with, with Darren, but I'll let him do the talking because he's so good at explaining things and breaking things down. And I love listening to him. So I'll uh, I'll let him do most of the talking if, if we come back on uh, both together, which would be awesome.
3: I think we all would do a whole bunch of listening. That show it would be a great time. This is our very, very dear friend and true patriot, Norbin Laden. Thanks for coming back on Steak for Breakfast today.
4: Thanks for having me.
3: You guys are the best. Always a pleasure to sit down with our great friend, Nor. What do you think, Noah?
0: Yeah, I uh, would really enjoy having her in the studio. Maybe a little barbecue. Some beers. Yeah. Be nice. Yeah. Someday. COVID restrictions got to go away. And uh... <laughs> so uh, on the COVID tip, a little hilarious thing at, at the old Walmart. Hmm. <laughs> Supervisor tells me, Oh, just so you know, the, uh, you know, the mask thing, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's officially optional now. And I just did the, it always was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look who it is. It's our great friend,
3: host of The Great Divide, and the CEO of the Patriot Podcast Network coming in today on this Friday edition of Steak for Breakfast to do the back end of the show with us. Who
0: let that guy in here?
3: Alan Jacoby, thanks for coming on. That guy is a horrible, horrible individual. What's <laughs> up, boys? What's up?
0: What's we love him though. Water seeks its own level.
3: There you go. And here we are. Mm. We're here. Space encompasses all things.
10: <laughs> I like I like that whole idea with beers with Nor bin Laden, maybe light up a couple cigars. Be I would time. like that very
3: much. Yeah. Well, according to uh, you know, some of the tabloids, she's lending the uh, Al Qaeda vote to MAGA, so there was a couple of hit pieces written up about her recently that she elaborated in the front half of the show with us. Thought it was pretty funny.
10: I think it's great that she kept that name, that last name. Yeah. just You know, she she could have changed it just to, you know, she's big MAGA and Trump supporter. I mean, didn't she get her teeth knocked out for wearing a MAGA hat like in Manhattan? Not too, you know, a few years ago. Wasn't, wasn't yes. there a story about that? Wait, yeah. it happened to who? I mean. Yeah, she got attacked.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah, she, yeah
10: she was like wearing a MAGA hat or something. I don't know if it was just some, you know, a random attack on the street. I don't know if she was attending something, but I remember reading something where she got. Yeah, she got knocked around pretty good. And, uh, you know, I mean, she's just I'm not changing my name. I'm not changing who I am. And she's so outspoken and she's great. Her show is great. And she talks to so many influential people. And I. I yeah.
3: Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know if she associates with any other Bin Laden children. I know there's one of the sons and daughters who also live in the United States are extremely patriotic as well and were very uh, publicly present in the original rise of MAGA back in 2015. Um, I I remember seeing pictures of uh, one of the sons at at a lot of the rallies, and he's a big dude. And, you know, I just think it's an interesting dynamic that she's got going on and she's uh you know we talked about it with her we comment her all the time because she is brilliant she's an excellent writer and and she's turned out to be a dear friend you know she told us offline that she gets thousands of emails and turns down more than 95 percent of them and for some reason she just decided to read our first one uh back like a year and a half ago before she came on for the first time and me and her had one brief conversation and two days later she was on the show with us laughing she had printed out Donald huge Donald Trump tweets. And for some reason I mentioned the exact tweet that she had printed out and she's like, allow me to read it. And she picks up like this big cardboard printed out tweet. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, she, she's just so much fun. Definitely. Uh, our listenership loves her by the way, you know, we'll, we'll have some pretty solid guests on and it'll get moderately sharing, but you know, people will send me like, Hey, I put your show in our group chat and it's like, Oh, look, Stake of Rick's had Norbin Laden on. And you see like all these people like sharing it and hearting it and stuff. And, uh, Her message just really resonates with a lot of people because she's definitely got her pulse on the movement. Yeah.
10: She's awesome.
3: Yeah. She's awesome. You know what's also awesome? Uh, CNN Plus is dead. (laughs) You know who's not Not on Roku TV? (laughs) (laughs) CNN Plus. Christopher Wallace. (laughs) So the Patriot Podcast Network has outlived CNN Plus. That's true, <laughs> and, we, and, we, and and when the numbers were coming in, Steak for Breakfast was getting a shit ton more downloads than Chris Wallace was. Wait, hold on, we, I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna throw in a you know a hypothetical independent fact checker okay. uh, message about that. Oh, no, it? CNN oh, Plus did not capital get, not get outlasted <laughs> by the Patriot Podcast Network.
10: <laughs> uh what their last day is like the thirtieth or something like that. Yeah, uh, it's. You guys see the Twitter feed, all of these morons, I guess, whether they're CNN reporters or staffers or whoever they are. A lot of these blue checks have been tweeting today about, oh, everybody's celebrating the downfall of CNN Plus. But what about all the people that are losing their jobs? And I'm like, you're shitting me, right? Really? And I'm tweeting back, oh, Remember when you were celebrating, when Americans were losing their jobs, when businesses were being forced to be closed by governments and everyone was forced to get some magic juice jammed in their arm in order to keep their job? Oh, remember when all, you were all head over heels for that? Give me a break. Are you kidding me? I'm, I hope every single one of them loses their job and they end up on the unemployment line.
3: Yeah, so like, really? I. So do I. Ugh, I ratioed disgusting. one of those tweets and said, man, it sounds like just the time when you guys were celebrating that 12,000 Americans lost their job on the Keystone XL pipeline mm. shortly after Joe Biden took office.
0: Didn't go yeah. viral, but still a good ratio. I don't know what ratioing means. Mm.
10: <laughs> I don't either. Can you explain that to me? Because, all right. You just all put, right. what you're going to do I just
0: is,
3: nod like, oh, yeah, right, right. It's literally your grift or you just put something in there that's going to completely blow up the narrative. Like you, you just either okay. are, are like hardcore begging or you're just being an enormous piece of shit. Okay.
10: Because I, I put something on, I put something on Twitter just, just to mess around like, Oh, I know what I put on. I put on, um, that's so when they were talking about Joe Rogan, and I said I identify as Joe Rogan. So if you don't follow my podcast, you're podcast phobic. Like it was a completely ridiculous, stupid tweet, and I got attacked, attacked by yeah, that, all these LGBTQ
3: people. When somebody puts out a serious tweet, and then you go in the comment section and purposely put something in there to take the narrative away from the author's tweet. Oh yeah, you're ratioing the comments. Oh okay. So oh, in your favor. They, they
10: all right because they said they were going to ratio me, and I was like, I don't know what that means. But you're a
0: moron. Is that, right? like when some get, a, yeah. is that like when some asshole says, use me for the dislike button?
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those Joe Biden YouTube videos.
10: <laughs> I get it now. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Oh, it's a CNN. Every, everybody's losing CNN, Netflix.
0: Mm-hmm. We're going to touch on that one as well. Uh, I, I actually use Netflix, but I'm just kind of, you know. Like fuck, man! Do I really, I get, it's just so convenient to have it, but I guess I, I could, I could, I could lose it. Now yeah. They have movies about pregnant men. I heard, oh, I've seen it. Yeah, Somebody
10: said something like that. He's
3: expecting. How dare them!
0: I canceled it and then I got it back just because. I, I was gonna keep a bunch of it, shit. Somebody I... wanted me to watch. So like it's on Netflix. I'm like, oh, fuck, I canceled man. it. There you go.
10: I just I just keep watching Trailer Park Boys. I've seen all twelve <laughs> seasons, but it's like my favorite show, and it's even more my favorite show that I know that it's Jordan Peterson's favorite show. <laughs> so I keep
0: going back to watch
10: it, and it's only on Netflix. I'm I gotta like, give hey, that one wife. a chance again. Oh, it's uh, it's it's so great. It's such white trash. Just it's uh, I, I love it. I love it. Bubbles. Oh, he's like my favorite on that show. You gotta watch it.
3: Yeah, who? could also be considered a Bubbles, even though he's our favorite human potato. Ryan Stelter. That
0: might be his stage name when he...
3: And hopefully his time is short as well. Um, Not like the shorts he wore with his suit top when he was remote. Yeah. (laughs) Viewing from a Zoom meeting. Mm. But he did get jump on his show yesterday to talk about the death of CNN+. Um, As the news network tries to wrap their brain around it, let's hear it the last 24 hours. They say this is just a, a crazy clash of strategies. Warner Media, the old
2: team, Jason Kylar, Jeff Zucker had one vision, the new team has a very different vision, and the new team won. Is that what you think really happened?
7: I, I think it is, and it's really unfortunate that all of the people at CNN Plus got caught in the middle of what is essentially a corporate tug of war here. I mean, CNN management knew for 11 months that this transaction was happening and that the Discovery people were coming in and taking over. Yet, even though they knew that, they barreled forward with the launch of CNN Plus a couple weeks before the transaction closed. If they had only waited and said, you know what, we should probably let the new people who are going to be managing this thing come in and say, okay, what do we actually want to do here? It would have avoided all of this. We could have probably had say saying, you know what? Let's scale it back a little and make it a tile on HBO Max, and have the product be seamlessly launched within the HBO Max experience. Right. And it would have resolved a lot of this stuff.
3: So they're blaming their new ownership on the reason for its
0: cancellations, not the not the fact that nobody wanted to watch it or right. <laughs> literally watched it. The <laughs> dismal <editational laughs> numbers. <So laughs> yeah, this is uh, definitely uh, the you know the, the PR. Fact-
10: yeah, it sucked. And not for nothing, they talk about a crazy clash of strategies. Brian Stelter's mother and father had a crazy clash of strategies and ended up making a gender-neutral potato head in the interim. I mean, <laughs> that is the crazy clash of strategies is Brian Stelter's parents. They threw right? away all
0: the extra pieces.
10: Threw everything away. Just kept the nose.
0: Well,
10: <laughs> and that, that stupid lisp, whatever you call it, that he has oh my god like it sucks CNN plus sucked
3: yeah How, I can't he... see anything that would draw like the average even like a progressive person to want to watch it I mean if the highlight of your network was going to be Christopher Wallace
0: so if somebody downloaded this CNN plus app right like what is it just dead now or like, is it still on your phone does it auto delete is it just this like lingering like, reminder of failure for like somebody that still <laughs> has it on their phone they click on it every once in a while and it's like Just kidding, this is a piece of shit nobody wanted to I do like where you're going, (laughs) but there's only
3: one person who could probably do it better. Oh, great. Because he makes the best statements
0: regarding all things. Okay, I'm down Yeah.
3: Statement from Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States of America yesterday.
0: Are you going to read it in the Trump voice? I
3: can't. No, you're not very good at that. Christina Bob laughed when I did it, though. Congratulations to CNN Plus on their decision to immediately, all caps, FOLD for a lack of ratings or viewers in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> it was like an empty desert out there despite spending hundreds of millions of dollars and the hiring of low-rated Chris Wallace, a man who tried so hard to be his father, Mike, but lacked the talent and whatever else is necessary to be a star in any event. It's just one more piece of CNN and fake news that we don't have to bother with anymore. Oh, my gosh. Uh, God. These and these, Chris I don't know how you Wallace. can't not love
0: him. I mean, That's it's like great. it's like he's tweeting without tweeting. Yes, I love it.
10: Every time, every time Donald Trump mentions Chris Wallace, it reminds me of that interview. I believe it was 1988 when Chris Wallace asked him if he ever had any aspirations to be president and if he ran, if you think thinks he would win in Donald Trump right there. So yeah, if I ran, I think I would win. I just always, every time he, he speaks at Chris Wallace, it always reminds me of that interview.
3: Yeah. That's definitely one of the iconic ones between the two of them. they've had several decades worth of them under their belts, which crested on the, uh, debate stage in 2020, which was probably the most memorably inappropriate and unprofessional presidential debate ever. Nope. Oh yeah. Oh, but, yeah. uh, that wasn't the only good news. As Alan teased, Netflix is tanking. Um, they were down. I'm going to delete Netflix. I'm over fucking f- doing it. Over the first quarter, an estimated 200,000 subscribers. However, their second quarter projections is that they're going to be down an additional 2.1 million. Oh.
2: Yeah. yeah.
10: I-, I was hearing a bunch of different numbers, uh, Ron. I was hearing, like, I heard initially the 200,000, mm-hmm. and then they were saying, I heard another number, 600,000. Then I heard the and the, the uh, seven hundred fifty thousand subscribers they were down, and then their their stocks tanked. What was it like thirty five or thirty seven percent? I believe. Yep. And then, and then I heard the projection was the two million subscribers that they were going to lose. So I, I I'm confused on how many they actually lost so far to have that, that that tank.
3: But uh, and a lot of it is for some of the well, an overwhelming majority of the woke material they've been putting out lately. I mean, you know, even there was a couple kids shows that my wife tried to watch with my daughter, who's 10 that were like tween age shows. And my wife watched mm-hmm. like an episode and a half. And they was it was like kids supposedly in high school. Obviously, they're all adult actors, but they're like making out, stealing booze, having sex. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you guys watching here? And, uh, yeah. you know, they try to do it to where it's like not only gender confusion and social like pressure, but they make it to where it's like an Indian family. So there's like that whole dynamic. And I'm just like no, stop showing our daughter this bullshit. Like, none of this stuff is normal, and she shouldn't be watching any of it. You know, it. it and they've just been putting out a ton of trash TV. You you had mentioned the uh, He's Expecting show that's supposed to be coming out where the, the Asian man oh. becomes pregnant, right? Which that's is, insanity. How many
0: episodes could you possibly do about that? Nine months I worth? Mean... <laughs> <laughs> Nine <laughs> months <out. laughs> wow. Oh. I right, walked
3: right into that one. I just ratioed <laughs> your comment.
7: That's no. how it's done. <laughs> oh. There you
10: go. oh, God. <laughs> and then and then
7: the,
3: the, the
10: last episode, the season finale, they're all going to gather around the table and eat the placenta.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> you need some soy and wasabi for that one. It puts the placenta in the fucking basket. And there you go. <laughs> Give me back my dog.
10: Oh, it's so <laughs> sick. I mean, Netflix. You know, I the other night I was gonna, I was, I was gonna cancel the subscription. Me and my wife are there on the couch, and I, I couldn't figure out going into the settings to subscribe it. I threw the remote across the room. I got all <laughs> aggravated, and then <laughs> I'm like, well, now I, what am I gonna do about watching Trailer Park Boys? There's one or two other things on there I like watching, like. uh. Better Call Saul. I like mm. that show too. Oh yeah, that one's good. And uh, I found myself rewatching uh, House of Cards, which I like the show. I just hate that they, even though Kevin Spacey apparently is a half hey, a pedophile, mm-hmm. whatever he is, I don't even think he's a convicted pedophile, right? He's just an alleged pedophile. So, so everybody
3: that alleges him eventually dies, so it doesn't matter, right? <sighs>
10: yeah, but, you know, mm. I mean Hillary Clinton, everyone who, you know, I mean she, she, everyone around her died, too. I don't know. I I still. I can't take it away from Kevin Spacey. He was great in that show, as creepy as he is, or mm-hmm. whatever. But uh that was that was a great show, and I was pissed that they killed him off the show, and they made his wife president, and then it just it, it was it was crap. Yeah. So I think that show could have really really taken off. That was that was like Netflix flagship show. I think that was their first original series show. Yeah. Um, that was a good show. Yeah, f- yeah fuck Netflix now. Now I'm going to cancel them today. I'm, well, gonna, but
0: I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it too.
3: In the same day where Brian Stelter went out and made fun of Netflix tanking in the morning later to find out that afternoon that CNN Plus was getting nuked, Tucker Carlson put a montage of it together and made fun of both of them. So let's hear it.
9: Here's some interesting financial news. The stock price at Netflix, which is completely changing entertainment, is down dramatically. 40% just this week. Why? Well, Elon Musk put it this way, quote, the woke mind virus is making Netflix unwatchable. Fact. So Mm. at CNN, where there is a shortage of self-awareness, supply chain issues apparently, the House unit (laughs) took the opportunity to squeak, to gloat, about the fall of Netflix. Watch this.
3: Netflix getting awful reviews for its poor Q1 earnings report, the stock tanking right now, what it means for your sharing of passwords, and much more. Netflix, more like Notflix. That nah, nah, okay. nah, was not pretty off. bad. Just, I think what happened for Netflix for a while, they were high on their own supply. They believed they were the future of everything. Everything was going to be streaming all the time. And maybe that's not quite true. <laughs>
9: <laughs> they were high on their own supply. They convinced them of something that was implausible. They told themselves lies. Yeah. Well, it turns out that CNN's own streaming service called CNN Plus is now shutting down. Fox Business's Charlie Gasparino predicted this would happen weeks ago. In response to that, the spokesman over at CNN, Mac Dornick, wrote back and scolded him. "Quote: For the record, we are very happy with the launch of CNN Plus and embracing for a long run of success." Weirdly, viewers didn't agree. Even though CNN Plus went on to air several bombshell exclusive interviews, including one with Tony Fauci, where he said he's for mask mandates, and yet weirdly nobody watched. Mm. <laughs>
0: Weirdly.
10: Oh, God, Fauci. I can't.
3: Oh Buckle up Buttercup. We're gonna get to that one uh <laughs> Yeah a little bit. We got we got one more though because we've noticed over the last couple of weeks that Barack Obama's been showing a lot more face than he had during the first year of the Biden administration. Uh, a lot of people are speculating that's an attempt to save face heading into the midterm elections and like uh, Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, is going to be doing. Barack Obama is going to be hitting the campaign trail for some people that are eventually going to lose to America First Republicans, however. Um, There were some some news about the Obamas yesterday, too. It was like a trio (laughs) of bombings. So their podcast on Spotify was not renewed and canceled. And apparently the Obamas who have stake in Spotify and Netflix were not very happy with the decision. Oops. However, they only put out, like, I think the last podcast they put out was in early February. And uh, part of the reason ing behind it was that the lack of consistency and substance. So he was at a speaking event last night and uh, kind of got sidetracked while talking about Russia and Ukraine and trying to demonize Vladimir Putin, wh- who essentially was a completely failed uh, portion of his administration when he was there, a la Hillary Clinton and the big reset button from Staples. Um Gave kind of a weird take on what's going on there, the leader of the Russian Federation. And believe it or not, Noah, Steve Bannon. No. Let's hear it. Mm. Like Putin. And Steve Bannon, for that matter. Hmm.
6: What? Understand, it's not necessary for people to believe this information in order to weaken democratic institutions. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt.
3: You know, we talk about all the time, raw sewage, sewage, how many more millions of downloads War Room has than Steak for Breakfast. But it sounds like he was really big mad about the amount of downloads War Room has compared to the Barack and Michelle show.
0: Mm. (laughs) Is there one? Because. (laughs) On Spotify. There is one? Yeah. I just said it got canceled. Thanks for texting and not listening. No, I just Cancel. said there is one because there isn't. Uh, not anymore. Just ratioed not your anymore. comment. Oh, but
3: you go. know who is on Spotify? <laughs> Steak
10: for breakfast. Yep. The Great Divide. Where Both of our shows are on Spotify. And doing
0: just um, fine. We actually tried to get kicked off Spotify for a while. Yeah. yeah said all the great. hot uh, keywords yeah. the, uh, you know, the AI would seek and destroy.
3: I, I think it's right. still, to this day, the combination of our name and... Elongated introduction I think it just flies Right under the radar Or anybody that's
0: listening Just gets bored With listening to our sponsors I like that part of the show No I know But I'm just saying Like if you're If you're a Asshole Internet Nazi Then you're probably just like You know I want to cancel as many As I can today
3: You know I, I I was in a group chat It's funny that you bring that up Not too long ago And I actually had to Defend our intro So And then People were trying to like Make it sound better So Somebody put one of our shows in a group chat I was in mm-hmm. on Discord and people were reacting to it. And somebody asked, like, when does the interview start? Nah. And somebody said, right at the beginning of the show. And, and they're like, the very beginning. And then this gal wrote, just fast forward the first five minutes. And I was like, hey, we do that intro organically every week. Like, it's not a pre recorded introduction. And she's like, oh, yeah, I know. Like, sometimes I listen for the songs to see what song it is. And I was like, no, you don't. No, you don't. She might. She might. But. Then they were saying like, "Oh yeah, the Bruce Buffer part's cool and blah blah blah," and I was like, "Yeah, whatever. You hurt my feelings now." Mm. I, I mean, I I like I like the intro. I, I so I've I've had
10: people ask. I I see what they're saying because you you guys put your sponsors at the beginning of the show, and mm-hmm. which I think is a, is it, it it's a smart, tactful thing because again, when you have the morons out there that are looking to cancel shows like yours are listening. It's, it's like when the FBI, what are they? They're only supposed to surveil your phone calls for two minutes. And if Ew. it's personal, yeah. they're supposed to click off, you yeah. know? So if they're not, they're not hearing you uh, say anything in the first few minutes then they right, I'm not, I'm not listening to this anymore. God, it's, you know, whatever it's, it's, I guess, I guess it's a good, it's a good tactic.
3: Yeah. Why not? And I was just yeah. giving her a hard time, but, Listen, uh, is it going to stick around? Excellent deduction there because, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things where, I don't know. I like our I like our intro.
0: Did CNN Plus have their sponsors at the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> Did
10: CNN Plus have sponsors? I don't know if they had sponsors.
3: Oh, how the mighty have fallen. So, yeah, it was a good day for, for the battle against big tech and, and, and the corporate entities that control a lot of the multimedias out there. However... um. Didn't, never thought we'd really get too much into the numbers outside of, like, a Steve Cortez clip yesterday. Staying in the same last name, though, Sandy Ocasio-Cortez mm. was given a, a little lesson on economics, but she didn't know she was big smart. New York's 14, very own paid actress, mm. former bartender, DNY-14. I think
0: people would be more interested in watching her shake a martini than listen to her talk about anything.
3: Not even coming. Or do,
10: yeah, I mean, not or even... do
3: jumping jacks, do something useful because you're useless in
10: every other aspect. She is such a shitty individual.
3: You I don't want
0: to watch her rooftop dancing.
3: No. To the Friends theme song? Oof. Absolutely not. It was
0: painful.
10: Closer to the edge. Get closer to the edge.
3: Yeah,
0: well, I was like, well, i praying for a gust of wind.
3: But after hearing her try to defend Joe Biden and the economy, you may want to be fiending for that Friends dance. Oh, I'm gonna stab myself in the ears fire up the garrison
8: button when we talk about why the biden administration is making the decisions that it's making i think there's a couple of things one it's people taking advantage of the fact that gas prices going up there's this like political phenomenon of People blaming the president on in terms of the price of gas instead of blaming the companies that are setting the price Uh,
0: of gas. Um,
8: So there's that. That's
0: not based on anything. That
8: creates a window of opportunity because then people are mad at the president. That creates a window of opportunity where Republicans and pro-fossil fuel, because it's not just Republicans. There are fossil fuel Democrats. And uh, and that creates a window of opportunity for them to add pressure and to say, you know, unleash it all. Um, Increase production and supply. And that's why it's really important that people are educated on the act on how our energy can actually work. Because we've been tricked into believing that solar and wind and hydropower are going to take, like, 30 years to build out. And it could not be further from the truth. You know, if you think about it in terms of it be reliable, the actual Mm. time, budget and and the money aside, but let's say you – assuming you have the money – the amount of time it takes to install solar panels on your roof, not that long, not that long. So where we play a role is that we can make investments to reduce, uh, to reduce the cost of solar. In addition to that, we can also help subsidize technologies because here's the thing, gas is subsidized, billions and billions of dollars. So subsidies are not a dirty word. Um, people just only make them a dirty word when they're actually subsidizing renewable and clean energy. Mm.
0: Catch all that. Oh my God. Uh, I mean, it's kind of non. Oh my God. Like it's a non topic. I mean, yeah. Throwing some solar panels on your roof to save you a few bucks. That's great. But if you're talking about putting solar panels on everyone's roof and wind turbines in order to completely replace any sort of fossil fuels or nuclear or any sort of energy production it's just not feasible right now it's it's not and the epic amount of materials that required like i mean somebody broke it down and i wasn't able to vet it but i mean and i don't have the data here but it was like they were saying that like one of those wind wind turbines is like the equivalent of like x thousand million fucking cell phones and Mm -hmm. all this other shit it's just like where do you think where do you think this stuff comes from and then the fact that we've lost the ability to like make solar panels here so like there we are again just funneling money into china for shit that is also subpar quality because they basically copied our shit yep. made it cheaper much
3: cheaper
10: what about all the bald eagles
3: yeah that died right, right? they, they kill the birds from, those things yeah, like yeah. they catch on fire eagles. they catch on fire they freeze
10: they so, leak oil.
3: Yeah, they leak oil. <laughs> I just they leak, what do you mean they leak <laughs> oil and
10: they killed bald eagles? I mean, what do you mean we don't need fossil fuels?
3: What do you mean?
0: That's amazing.
3: The best is when it shows, like, the gas-powered generator that is charging up all of the charging stations for, I mean. for the Tesla.
0: It, well, oh, you, yeah. you can explain that one sort of by, like, maybe it's a very, very remote Tesla charging station. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, that's how these things work because – there is not the ability. You're not going to throw a fucking wind turbine out next to your, your Tesla solar charging station and have it work. Otherwise, you fucking would have already.
10: Right. <sighs> AOC, I can't stand her voice. When I hear her voice, it gives, me the, it gives my body the same reaction as if I jump into an ice bath. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally.
0: Shriveling? Yeah, shriveling yeah. isn't the word. I'm, I'm, Negative I'm, PP?
10: I mean, oh, God, she's just horrific. I can't,
0: and it's. She's big cringe. She is a national treasure. You shut your mouth.
10: <laughs> the sad thing is, the sad thing is she's going to, she's going to excel. Mm. She's not going to stay a congresswoman. I just have that feeling that she is. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. Well, we've already established we're willing to put just the most inept, unqualified people in any any position as long as they're towing the right line.
10: Absolutely, absolutely, and then they can have kangaroo hearings to try to. They can't win elections, so now they want to bounce Republicans off of ballots, uh, with the most ridiculous reasons. The insurrection? You mean the you mean the Fed's insurrection?
0: Yep. The what? insurrection. <laughs>
10: A fed surrection. Where's Ray Epps? Where's, a- where's Adam Kinzinger's uh, uh,
3: butt buddy, Ray Epps?
0: He's probably vacationing in some uh, non-extradition country.
3: Regardless of where he is. you know, Or he's dead. That too. You know who's back around and not dead.
0: Fire. Says fire Fauci.
1: Oh, <laughs> Five God. dollars.
3: Dr. Fauci's been making the rounds this week Ten, on the heels of a $10 Trump appointed lifetime appointment federal judge from Florida who ended the extension on the CDC's mask mandates last week on public transportation right. and on airplanes. Um in a move that the administration made which not only kept COVID at the forefront of things that are important um used it only as a display of power over people, especially the easily Manipulated ones. Dr. Fauci said that is very concerning to him. Mm. And uh, Concernicus. B- yes, because things that are literally unconstitutional should not be ruled on by judges. Oh. Who are appointed to rule on the Constitution. Oh. Right. Let's hear him try to justify it. Is that science? Mm, big science.
2: I was surprised and disappointed because those types of, of things are. really are the purview of the CDC. This is a public health issue. And for a court to come in, and if you look at the the rationale for that, it really is not particularly firm. And we are concerned about that, about courts getting involved in things that are unequivocally public health decisions. that word again. This is a CDC issue. It should not not have been a court issue. So we're hoping that the inevitable increase in cases which we're seeing are not going to be associated with an increase in hospitalizations.
3: the sure won't.
2: So all of these dynamic things going on at the same time, it was perfectly logical for the CDC to say, wait a minute, we were planning on ending this mandate on a certain date. Let's wait a period of time until May 3rd, which was a very sound public health decision.
3: Talking about his power right there. So for a
2: court to come in and interfere in that is really unfortunate. It's unfortunate because it's against public health principles, number uh-huh. one. And number two is because that's no place for the courts to do that. This is a CDC oh. decision, and that's a oh, very really? bad precedent oh. when you have courts making a decision and looking at what the basis of the decision was. It was not sound.
3: Now, what do you think? Uh, every,
10: every time he talks, I think of that line in Austin Powers, why
2: won't you die?
10: that's what i think of dr fauci i can't i mean there's no place no place for the courts i mean uh, the cdc the c the cdc doesn't have any governing capabilities they don't make or enforce any type of laws i mean this is just absurd dr fauci why is he still speaking
2: (laughs) come on
10: And the judge, the Florida judge, mainstream media is attacking uh, her like crazy, saying she's not qualified. That's their whole new thing. Meanwhile, in the Constitution, it says that there's no there's nothing in there to say what qualifies anyone to become a federal judge. You know, Congress has this little internal thing they do when they in the Senate, when they when they do uh, uh, confirmations after if the nominations. But, you know, not for nothing, any any one of us can be appointed a federal judge. We could be, according to the Constitution, we could be appointed a federal judge.
3: Yeah, they were talking about several of the candidates for the Supreme Court um, when Joe Biden was vetting his short list of African-American women that some of them weren't judges and have never been, that they were maybe university teachers. There was a Harvard professor that was uh, considered or even like a political pundit. It's one of those things where, you know, the nominee is a nominee, then it's up for the House and Senate to decide. Um, Being nominated for something doesn't necessarily mean that they're uh, going to get confirmed. So
10: absolutely. And again, what literally someone out there? Tell me what what is it? One qualification that you need that is required to become a federal judge. Good luck looking for one because there are none.
3: Exactly. (sighs) Um, and, And you make an excellent point there. One who usually doesn't make excellent points, or when she attempts to, is doing it half-drunkedly, is uh, current Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi.
10: The drinker of the House, Fancy mm. Nancy.
3: The yeah. chugger of the House. She, was, uh, she made the rounds this weekend as well. Uh, I saw her at a town hall event and pulled a clip from it where she was, uh, you know, we're going to change the focus a little bit, heading in towards the midterm elections. Talking about the Republican mm-hmm. Party and uh, how it's been hijacked and turned into essentially a cult. Noah's favorite thing. <laughs> Cults? Yeah. <laughs> okay.
4: Let me just say that I hope there are some Republicans here so I can say to you take back your party. I'm the, country sure there needs-
1: aren't.
8: <laughs> the country needs a strong Republican party, not one that has been hijacked as a
10: um, cult. Oh. Uh, and we, we really need it because Barbara and I and George and
4: And uh, John and all, we served in a bipartisan way in the Congress, and we can go
10: back to that. Confident and proud of what we believe in, humble
7: enough to listen to others, uh, eager enough to find consensus for our country.
3: Yeah, I think she's talking about 2016 through 18 when she conspired with Mike Pence and Paul Ryan to completely fuck Donald Trump over for the first two years of his presidency. I'm pretty sure that's what she's talking about.
10: She misses the establishment who did absolutely shit for the American people. That's the Republican Party she's talking about.
3: She certainly is. And uh, she actually strung a few sentences there together without fucking it up. Um, Donald Trump a Jr. Yeah, there you go. Where's the mimosas?
1: What a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>, she is. <laughs> Junior's been out this weekend stumping. Uh, and it looks like. Definitely one of the ones that we've called on this show for day one, since day one. Uh, Eric Greitens. He was out doing a radio show. You know, we, we have been confused where people like Vernon Jones, Morgan Ortegas, J.D. Vance, and mm-hmm. Dr. Oz have all received an official nod from the big guy, but true patriots and real Donald Trump supporters from day one like Eric Greitens, who's running for a Senate seat in Missouri, the former governor there, still hasn't gotten one. It looks like Junior's out on the campaign right, trail right now trying to nudge Papa into dishing out a few more. Here's him talking to a radio station about what Eric Greitens got going on.
7: Uh, and there's been a lot of speculation, question. I know your dad's endorsed in some of the big Senate races. Uh, do you have any, any insight on that you feel he'll maybe endorse in this Missouri Senate race? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Obviously, it's been a topic of conversation. You know, we'll, we'll see. I see. I see who the press hates the most. That's usually,
2: <laughs>
7: that's usually, uh, you know, the guy I like because you know it, it was sort of like you know J.D. Vance uh, in, in Ohio. You know, when CNN hates you, the Washington Post hates you, the New York Times hates you. It's like that's my guy. Uh, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. I see. You know, it's sort of the sham stuff that they've thrown at Greitens. Now the prosecutor is getting in trouble. The yeah. FBI guy admits that he lied under it and. You know, when you see those kind of setups, uh, it makes you wonder what they're what, what they're doing. Uh, and, and for a reason, because they, they tend to only go after the guys that uh, will actually pose a threat. Uh, you know, so so we'll see what my father does in it. Uh, but, you know, I, I certainly have my own opinions.
3: Yeah, uh, it sounds like his opinion is uh, definitely pro Eric Greitens, who's not only winning in the Republican primary, but matches up as the biggest lead margin in the general election poll against a Democratic challenger. So I think it would be pretty prudent for Donald Trump. I mean, they, they've created false narrative after false narrative about him, and they've all gotten caught. And then when they tried to do the latest ones involving his ex-wife and the kids, somebody who was working on the inside on D.C. with Karl Rove and, and um, Mitch McConnell leaked it to the press that they kind of orchestrated this whole thing to to tank his poll numbers and gave Eric Greitens receipts. So it looks like he's vindicated in that one as well. I know he mentioned J.D. Vance, and uh, he received the Donald Trump endorsement last week. Donald Trump's going to be in Ohio tomorrow night for a rally. Um, I have my opinions on it. J.D. Vance said some really nasty things about Donald Trump, calling him, like, a racist and stuff, you know, back in 2015 and 2016. Can people change? Sure. I think it's weird how, like, a lot of the bigger names in our orbit, you know, Bannon especially, attached his wagon to this guy from, like, day one. I don't necessarily know if I... Trust him. Do I think he's going to be the next Mitt Romney? Probably not. But do I think he's going to, like, wholeheartedly vote down the MAGA party lines if he gets elected as a senator from Ohio? I don't think so. But I guess it's just up for debate. Um, Alan, I know you're not a huge fan of J.D. Vance. Why don't you let our listenership know what you think about him? I don't know. Listen, he, he did speak. All right.
10: He did. He called he called Donald Trump a racist. He said some other things about him. If it were me, someone called me a racist. If I was in Donald Trump's shoes. Oh, oh, you, you're 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 backpedaling. And, and now I'm not a racist. I'm sorry. You called me a racist once before. You why would I want to give you my endorsement? And that's where I think. And again, some of these endorsements, I I, I don't I don't know what Donald Trump is thinking or his people are thinking. I don't know how some of these endorsements are, are, are working, but. No, I, I think uh, J.D. Vance that uh, I don't agree with that endorsement. But there are other ones like you said, Dr. Oz. And I think he should pull his endorsement from Boozman in Arkansas. Yes. And maybe Donald Jr. should be taking a trip to Ohio and meeting with J.R. Majewski, because if there is a uh, anyone in Ohio that I think is deserving of Donald Trump's endorsement, especially since he's going to be in Ohio at this rally is J.R. Majewski. Look at my crispy in New Jersey, you know. Well, we're we're both supporters and friends of of, of Mike Crispy. And then, you know, you got what's going to go on in in, in Oklahoma with uh, with Lankford and and Lawmire. It's the primary season and is that there's there's a lot of shit slinging. But, uh, yeah, that's great for Greitens. I just think there are others out there just again, you know, Sabatini and, and Corey Mills, you know, I, I I question Corey Mills on Twitter and I get attacked by him and, you know, some of his supporters uh, yep. about, about asking
3: if he's going to be the
10: next Dan Crenshaw, you know,
3: which he definitely has the potential to be. It's, he's extremely shitty and uh, mm-hmm. he's just a dirty guy. Uh, there's there's a lot of these races that that's kind of confusing. You know, in Pennsylvania, I know she's third in the polls right now, but Carla Sands was a Donald Trump-appointed ambassador. I think if he would have just kind of lifted her up from the beginning, she's very polished. She's extremely MAGA, and she probably was the best option there to a party line. She reminds me a lot of a Marsha Blackburn, Um, Hmm. but it just never really resonated, and I don't know why. Um, So, you know, some confusion into that stuff, but what, what was really interesting to see yesterday, and after several print, Outlets accused him of it recently was the allegations made against Kevin McCarthy that he was pushing for either the 25th Amendment or working on impeachment again with Mike Pence uh, after the events of January 6th to which Kevin McCarthy for the life of him has denied up and down unmercifully since ever being questioned with it. Well, it just so happened that a phone call made by Liz Cheney to Kevin McCarthy shortly thereafter, January 6th was recorded and somehow, some way it got into the hands of MSDNC's host, soon to be departed, Randy Maddow. Um <laughs> Randy. <laughs> she played the recording how dare me last night let's hear it. Here it is. Liv, you on the phone? Yeah I'm here.
5: Thanks,
4: Kevin. Um I guess there's a question, when
5: when we were talking about the 25th Amendment resolution, um, yeah. and you asked,
2: if, if, you know, what happens if it gets there after he's gone, is, is there any chance, are you hearing, that he might resign? Is there any reason to think that might happen? I've had some few discussions. My gut tells me no. Um, I'm seriously... Thank you for having that conversation with him tonight. I haven't talked to him in a couple days. Um, from what I know of him, I mean, you guys all know him too. Do you think he'd ever back away? But what, what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to call him. My, this this is what I think. Um, no one will pass the house. I think there's a chance it will pass the family even when he's gone. Um, and... I think there's a lot of different ramifications for that. Now, I haven't had a discussion with the Dems that if he did design would it not happen. Now, this is one personal fear I have. Um I do not want to get into any, any conversation about pence partying again that I mean the only discussion I would have with him is that I think this will pass and it would be my recommendation we should resign. Um I mean that would be my take, but I don't
10: think she would take it. But I don't know. Hmm. Huh. Did mm. did Liz Cheney secretly record Kevin McCarthy there? Yeah, she secretly recorded him. Mm-hmm. It's not
0: illegal?
3: And and well, it's it's illegal to use it's illegal to use in a legal context. You you can't secretly record somebody and enter it into like court. But you could leak it to Randy Maddow and have her blow up what their public hum- opinion. Well, it's not even public opinion. They're trying to yeah. get the Republican establishment and MAGA to work fucking together in this midterm elections to get overwhelming numbers. And uh, for as many people that don't really want Kevin McCarthy to be the speaker, this is just another, you know, nail in the coffin for him. Unfortunately, is shows like us, we don't really overreact to shit like this. Um, it doesn't mean anything now. It was shortly after January sixth so there was probably high emotions. Them getting hit from all angles by the media, supposedly investigations opening up, and et cetera. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if Kevin McCarthy wins his house seat and he's going to raise like one hundred and thirty million dollars for the fiscal year this year, he ain't going anywhere. Yep, no one has no. the no one has the balls to step up and challenge him. That's what it is at the end of the day. Like, in the Senate, it's a little bit different with Rick Scott. I think Rick Scott has a good chance to really set up McConnell, especially if we get, you know, uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, and maybe even New Hampshire, uh, which would make it 54-46 Republican. All flip seats. Yeah. And and that would be fantastic. But
2: uh, I I don't see anybody –
3: I don't see Jim Jordan because – Here's the thing. You you have to think, what's the other side of that coin? All right, let's say Jim Jordan or Jim Banks or even like Matt Gates, who's still technically a junior senator, step yeah. up and say, I want to challenge so-and-so for Speaker of the House. I want to challenge Kevin McCarthy. And they don't win vote-wise. Okay. Well, now you're a House rep that's never going to get anything through committee ever again. So you're literally just there to be there.
10: Okay. Right. Has Kevin McCarthy, you know, I, I'm, I have not had the time to. I, it's the first time I heard the recording. I heard there was a recording.
3: Mm-hmm.
10: Uh, did Kevin McCarthy make any statements so far about the recording?
3: No, everybody. He hasn't made an official statement about it yet. And everybody keeps going back to all the receipts they have of him saying a conversation like that one never happened. Because hmm. remember, as soon as Donald Trump r- returned to Mar-a-Lago following January 20th, Yeah. Of 2021. Kevin McCarthy was one of the first persons down there to kiss his ass several times. And uh, yes, he was. Lindsey Graham. Yep. All these
10: feckless white wine, swilling country club belonging pieces of garbage rhinos all just run into oh Donald Trump, Donald Trump. Meanwhile, every single one of them hates his guts. Yep. Hates the America first agenda and hates anyone who supported Donald Trump. And they are running scared because I say it all the time. I'm I'm like a broken record. People like Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell and and others in in leadership are shitting their pants, worried that they're going to lose the majority within the party to America first candidates and that the leadership could actually change. And the days of. uh, establishment nonsense, you know, could come to an end, which is highly doubtful again with Kevin McCarthy. It's hard to beat. He's a big fundraiser. He's, he's a big name. And we know it's all about money. I mean, that's how people get their, their committee appointments. Is how much money you raise, how much money you, how much time you spend across the street over at the Capitol club or whatever it's called the Capitol grill, Capitol yeah. club, you know, sitting with donors, raising money. Cause that's where you have to do it. And 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 what? How much money can they raise? And what committees can they get on? And if you're a chairman of a certain committee, you have to raise a certain amount of money. I mean, it's absurd. It's it's straight up corruption,
1: it's, and it, it's
10: it's allowed.
3: Yeah, it's, it's pretty funny too that he shot down the whole impeaching Joe Biden narrative last weekend on two different yep. uh, Sunday morning talk shows. When this was the tone he was holding after January 6th, I think it's it's you know just stupid to even kind of not even be there. Like the U S Southern border in Afghanistan are definitely impeachable articles that you could draft. And, and there's definitely ways that you can really go into that, you know, uh, facts wise, um, the narrative about January 6th and saying Donald Trump was not only the instigator, but like, you know, the person that was the reason that it happened.
0: I thought it was those two 20 year olds. It,
3: Right, but it's it's all speculative and how you look at it, it's not factual or based off anything. Listen, if there was emails or text messages or phone conversations between Donald Trump and anybody that said we're gonna get these people so fucking fired up, they're gonna go in and scare the shit out of them that they fucking flip this election, it would have been out a long time ago. Yeah, I don't care how secretive the January Sixth Committee is and how much of the dispositions. If there was really that kind of like hard evidence, but there's not. There, there's just not, and, and there's never going to be. It's like the same thing with his taxes. Listen, I can understand that, like, they always make this big thing, like Donald Trump's taxes are held up in court and steal documents. and this. Thing. Everybody who wants to see Donald Trump's taxes, especially on the left, has already seen them, mm-hmm. and there's nothing there except that he smartly navigated himself through every fucking corporate loophole that our government set up for them. That makes him kind of a scumbag in that aspect, but good for him. He did what a businessman does. He saves himself money and kept himself in the black. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you can't really...
0: It's just the way that they spin it. Well, I'd and, like to see the freaking tax records of a lot of these members of Congress. You think they're not fucking doing shisty stuff to save their money and the shell corporations, alone, right? insider trading. Come on.
3: Big pharma There's investments. Stock, so. stock trading
10: habits. Listen, I'll be... I'll be honest with you. I wasn't happy to hear that Marjorie Taylor Greene bought like $15,000 worth of Lockheed Martin stocks right before the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I wasn't happy to hear that. I like Marjorie Taylor Greene, but I think that's bullshit.
3: And I think that's that's a problem. Taking money out of her own business to go and buy all that stock. But yeah, I mean we just got to you know. keep our eyes on the prize and moving forward. It w- it was announced today that the C- well the secret service put out a statement that the uh, guest list of people who visit Joe Biden every weekend when he goes back to Delaware is uh it's been lost. It's what? been lost. Yeah, it's oh. it's, it's, it's well. they can't find it. Like the uh like the blueprints for the lunar rover. <laughs> I mean, how many art
10: dealers visited the Biden household or how many members of today? affiliated with the CCP
3: or oligarchs from all over the world? Yeah. Former Obama administration officials. How many times has Susan Rice or Barack Obama been to Delaware? I'd Oof. like to know that. If it, has Hillary Clinton been up there? It'd be interesting mm. to know as well. Well, yeah, where is
0: Barack Obama's basement command center? Is it in Delaware or is it Yeah, it's in Delaware. Oh, okay, perfect.
3: Or, or if people like Liz Cheney been to see Joe Biden, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised at all. Uh, he was speaking today during our show and talked about this not being, well, the Republican Party not being the party of his father anymore. Let's hear it.
1: Democratic colleagues in the Senate vote with me 94% of the time. So it's not like we have a split, but we don't have, we have virtually no Republicans. Uh. There's some. They get up to as many as seven or eight will vote.
3: Mitt this and ain't Friends. your father's
1: Republican Party. Not not a joke. All you got to do is look what is being played on played this the, the, the morning or, or, or. about these the tape that horror. was released. Anyway, you know. But I like they all laugh at ca- hidden aside, this is a MAGA party now. Yes. It's, you know. You got. The, Did you say this the the is MAGA country? Texas and others. These Big these party. guys are a different breed of cat. They're not like what I served with for so many years. And the people who know better are afraid to act correctly because they know they'll be primary. Oh, I had, I won't mention any of them, I promised I never would and I won't, but up to six come to me and say, Joe, I want to be with you on such and such, but I can't. I'll be primary. I'll lose my race. I'll lose my race. So, folks, we're this is going to start to change. Look,
3: it is going to start to change in November when we take back overwhelming numbers in the House and win back the Senate. Listen, him demonizing this is the MAGA party is some of the biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard in my life. Strong economy, strong national defense, strong on the borders, energy independence, making China take the knee. Right. What the fuck else would you want? You want this bullshit that we're in right now? Well. He he's yeah, it's 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 not the same old
10: Republican Party. Well, one, the same old Republican Party was shit, but also you're not going to get the Republicans. Now we have some smarter Republicans in there because now all of your progressive, sick socialist policies suck, just like your 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 presidency sucks. So why is it such a surprise that you're not getting any Republicans other than Mitt Romney and morons? Yeah. So yeah, it's. That was just word salad, what he said, of course, because the Republican Party's evolving and changing into America first Republicans and conservatives in the party, Uh, the MAGA party. Call it whatever you want. MAGA is a tainted word to the left. Obviously, that's a dangerous word. MAGA insurrectionists, white supremacists, white nationalists. What that's 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 a trigger word for the left. So, of course, he's going to use that or a buzzword. A mega MAGA party, it's people that love America, love the Constitution, love freedom, and not feckless morons like the individual installed in the Oval Office and all of his cronies.
3: It's just, it, it's silly. And and the thing is, you want to talk about Mitt Romney and Lindsey Graham coming to talk to you about wanting to work with you. Nobody gives a shit. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah
0: who, what? Good. Yeah. Good for you. Congratulations. I really I'm sorry, but you if are I the weakest link
10: senator. You know, if I was a sitting senator right now and Lindsey Graham or Mitt Romney knocked on my door wanting to work on something with me, I would slam the door in their face, if not throw a chair at them to get them out of my office. Give me a break.
0: I would just start laughing hysterically like, until they left. Don't make me find somebody you just shit on your
3: desk again. Yeah, McConnell. Yeah. I still want to shake that guy's hand. Now get the fuck out.
10: Lindsey Graham, I will work with you the moment you come out of the closet publicly. <laughs> lindsey g lindsey g lindsey it's it's up yeah it's great too because like we know someone named lindsey graham who has a show who's a, who's a, a big a big political influencer and commentator the real lindsey graham the patriot barbie and it's funny because every time she sends me a text message and i just have her saved in as lindsey graham and i look at it and i i'm like ah oh. I'm sorry that you have that name, but it suits you better than that moron in, 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 in the Senate. <laughs>
3: it sure does. <laughs> now, and as we wrap up our news week, we are extremely thankful for having you come and join us today. And I want to direct all of our listenership to uh, the Patriot Podcast Network, your show, The Great Divide, anywhere on social media that you want to share. And we won't have to wait about 12 hours. We'll be jumping in for our collaboration show tomorrow, The Great Steak Breakfast. and 12, uh, 12 hours? Or so ish.
10: Yes, yes, yes. The Great Steak Breakfast Come live on, every Saturday morning. Is it seven a.m. Pacific, ten AM Eastern on the Patriot Podcast Network on Roku TV? So get us there. You can have us three clowns again talking about other nonsense. As far as me, the Great Divide Podcast, you can go to my website, the Great Divide 1776.com. You can get me on Facebook. At the Great Divide 1776, Instagram, and the Patriot Podcast Network again on Roku TV. I'm all over the place. Just, you know, put in the Great Divide Podcast with Alan Jacoby and you'll find me. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all that good stuff. Thanks for having me, guys.
3: It's always fun. Yeah, we'll be seeing you tomorrow. Noah didn't like me playing Time Machine because by the time this gets uploaded later and people start listening to it, you could look at their watch. No, I mean,
0: it is 12 hours from now. and I mean, that's including me sleeping and working.
3: And editing. And editing. You want me to mess up real quick? I (laughs) mean, you know, I'll give you an inadvertent timeout symbol and you can say what, and then I could talk and you could say, why (laughs) did you do that?
0: (laughs) Well, we actually really keep all the out, the outtakes for some of the shit.
3: Hey, listen, I'm still waiting for the Raheem Kassam mixtape. Oh, golden. Yeah. Well, you
10: guys are funny.
3: (laughs) Alan, thanks for joining us today. And we look forward to, uh, having you back again next Friday. You'll be joining us. So not too long for you to come back on steak for breakfast. And, uh, We should jump on your show at some point in the near future as well.
10: Absolutely. Anytime. We'll make it happen.
3: Outstanding way to end the week. Mm -hmm. Very, very, very good episode of Steak for Breakfast today. You can listen to this show and all the other Steak for Breakfast podcasts on every downloadable podcasting platform. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Podahattic, Podbean, Google Podcast, FM Player, iHeartRadio, and on the Patriot Podcast Network via the Roku TV app. Subscribe to the show and rate it. Don't forget to leave a review. Download, listen, like, follow, and share. Stay for breakfast content. Show creds go to our two amazing guests today, the undeniably patriotic Miss Norbin Laden and the host of The Great Divide Podcast, Mr. Alan Jacoby. In addition to them, some of our internet friends, Cagbro88, Patriotic Baby Counts, Mr. Garbaggio, Kyle Becker of Kyle Becker News, John Backman of Newsmax, Christina Bob of Save America, and Tom Papert, the editor-in-chief of Valiant News Live. Friends, don't forget to go out and uh, throw some of your hard-earned cash at our partners, because when you do that, the only thing that happens is you help make small American businesses great again. My Pillow, Mike Lindell, Pillow King, apparatus Steve Bannon's War Room <laughs> oh, <laughs> scissor me enter promo code stake at checkout for it's big big show. savings super serious stop saying it and Elon Musk is not Iron Man either mypillow.com forward slash stake is the website or you can talk to a qualified pillow representative about all those nouns and more 1-800-658-8045 the top tier of ear gear can be found at odyssey.com if you like gaming, gaming specific, console specific, headphones. If you like uh, laying some beats down in the studio, they got ones that'll take care of that as well. You spend some money, but it's definitely worth it. Get your ears taken care of. Odyssey.com find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Stay ready gear holsters. Would you like a conceal carry kydex holster? Of Obama bitching about Vladimir Putin and Steve Bannon, they'll make it for you and get orders out faster than ever before. StayReadyGear.com is the website. Find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Man Rubs. Don't mistreat your meat, because if you buy man rubs, you shake it, you sprinkle it, you rub it in, slow cook it, possibly smoke, pull, drizzle with BBQ sauce, num num num. Mandrubs.com is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. West Coast Survival Arms, pretty simple equation for what they've got going on down there. Firearms, parts, accessories, and ammo. Give Mike a call, 619-870-6992. Hit him up on the website, WestCoastSurvivalArms.com, or via the Facebook Messenger. Mediocre Medic for all our first responders and more. Find them on Instagram, it's pretty fire or at MediocreMedic.com. And the home of the zero Duck, Mark Joe Friday, Dumpbox.us. They're on Facebook. And they on Instagram as well. Made it. Upcoming shows. Next week's going to be a pretty big one. A lot of America First candidates coming through, and uh, we're going to absolutely crush it and bring you guys to bangers. On Tuesday, we've got Georgia 10 candidate running for the U.S. House, Mike Collins. Thomas Massey's primary challenger. Claire Worth will be with us. She's running in Kentucky 4. Geisha Montez is going to be in with us to do the news. And then we're going to do an America First roundtable with Arizona senatorial candidate Blake Masters and Jake McKenna, who's running to represent Ar- Arkansas in the Senate as well. And then on next Friday, making his fifth appearance on Steak for Breakfast, sharer of all of our tweets, liker of all of our Instagram posts, Washington 3 candidate Joe Ken will be joining us. We're going to talk to Amir Beno about a lot of different things going on. Newsmax's constitutional attorney contributor there. And Georgia. Senatorial candidate, one of the big seats that could flip the power in the Senate, former NFL great, Mr. America First, Herschel Walker, will be joining us for the first time. It's going to be a great episode. We'll be back the following week on the 6th of May. We're already there. Former Trump administration official and current host of This Is Your Country podcast, Paige Wywo will be joining us. Andrew McCarthy is going to jump in to do the news. Love sitting down with Andrew. He's got some really good takes, really smart guy and uh, pretty damn based. And then looking ahead a little bit down the road, on the 10th of May, got a banger for you guys. War Rooms, Boris Epstein, and former Trump administration official, author, Newsmax contributor, George Papadopoulos will be joining us as well.
0: Dang. Going
3: to be a pretty damn America first. Erdi got uh, waiting on dates for Miss Carrie Lake is coming back. Cash Patel is coming back in May as well we got a couple other ones lined up. Still waiting on Tudor Dixon, Ted Budd, and a few others. And as soon as those dates are locked in, you guys will be the first one to know if you get to all the way through the end of the show. Friends of the Week! Can't forget it going into the weekend. I just went and perused our Instagram to see who was dropping likes today. Snack Thickleson was in there. That Persian Girl, Hugh White Memes. Truth on Draft 2.0. Maria Unmuzzled. The Duke of Memes. Republican Actual. 2.0, 2.0 right wing savages 3.0 grand old memes john hacker la midnight mitch mostly peaceful memes with his new donald trump sombrero wearing nft is his <laughs> avatar <laughs> mad america silent meme jordy tyler time lord and baby cakes 2.0 guys between now and next tuesday do yourself a couple things number one your own research be as brilliant as Norbin laden or as off-the-cuff funny as Alan Jacoby by doing your research and be able to create narratives around things that you learn when you do your research. Start a podcast. This is probably the easiest edit ever for Noah. This
0: is one fucking clip. This is perfect.
3: You're welcome. Just a couple timestamps. And most importantly, let's see what happens. This has been episode 128 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. And we'll be back on Tuesday with episode 129 featuring Mike Collins, Claire Worth, Geisha Montez, Blake Masters, and Jake Biquette. On behalf of the pot team, I'm Roan. Noah. Later. Later. Antoinette, we miss you. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend.
2: You guys don't have a fucking leg to stand on.
3: You think so, tough guy? I could put you in Queens on the night of the hijacking.
2: Really? I live in Queens. Did you put that together yourself, Einstein? What do you got? A team of monkeys working around the clock on this? You know what
3: happens if you do another turn in the joint? Uh,
2: Fuck your father in the shower and then have a snack. You're gonna charge me, dickhead? I'll charge you when I'm ready. With what? You know, dickhead.